It is January 31, 2023. JLB coming to you from beautiful Plovdiv, Bulgaria. So today we're taking a look at how to interact with the Normans, what are the do's and the don'ts, and in particular, how often do you, yes you, watching from all around the world here at johnthebond.com and the John the Bond YouTube, how often do you share some of your more fringe ideas with the regular people, be they family, friends, workmates, acquaintances, people down at the local watering hole, how often do you say to them, hey, have you heard the theory? Or hey, that thing you mentioned about that news story, how about this other idea? How often do you do that? And we're going to use as the basis for this conversation, the Conspiracy No Poll subreddit, which many of you are familiar with. Some of you are watching as a result of hearing about this from that subreddit. But basically what I do is I post different ideas to that subreddit. And on last week, the first episode of this no poll review, we looked at somebody else's thread. And most of the time, I hope to do that. Not to look at the threads that I create, but the threads that other people create. So that's what we did last week. But for this week, we're going to take a look at a thread that I created about a week or so ago. And the different responses that have come through on that subreddit. And I will be reading out your live comments from the live stream as well. And so between all of the comments I want to read from the subreddit and from you guys and from some clips that I want to share to do with one of my fringe ideas, we're looking at about an hour, maybe two hours for this live stream. This is still a work in progress. We're still ironing out what works and what doesn't. But my hope is that this will be a weekly thing beginning at 11 p.m. my time, which it is right now here in beautiful Plovdiv, Bulgaria, which is about 4 p.m. on the U.S., East Coast on a Tuesday. Today's Tuesday, right? Yes. So 4 p.m. Tuesday, every Tuesday, hopefully, for those of you in the uh, U.S. East Coast, and then 11 p.m. for me here in beautiful Plovdiv, Bulgaria, which is about 8 a.m. a Wednesday for those on the East Coast of Australia. I think this is a good time to start this show. Maybe not ideal for my sleeping patterns, but ideal to get the most, make this as available live to as many people as possible. Of course, if you can't catch a show live, it is available on delay, both on YouTube and as an MP3. So what I do is I take the live stream, then I rip it to MP3, I edit out any of the dead air at the beginning or the end, and then I upload it as MP3, available for everybody through the John LeBond Podbean and from JohnLeBond.com. And in the future, maybe next week or the week after, I will also create a dedicated uh, website and uh, Podbean account or whatever to try and create some distinction between the John LeBond stuff which I've been doing now for many years, and this no poll thing. I'll try and make them separate entities. But just for now, I am uploading the stream. I'm streaming through the John Le bon channel, and I am uploading to the John Le bon, uh, podcast sphere, if we can call it that. So that's what we're doing at the moment. But going forward, the plan is to separate the things. So we'll have the conspiracy no poll thing as its own thing. And John Le bon can remain, the John Le bon, uh, YouTube and Podbean and what have you can remain as they are as well. That is the plan going forward. So I've got a lot of clips I want to play you today because some of you know about this, but some of you don't. There are some really trippy things to do with the numbers 3 and 11, and of course when you multiply them, 33. There's a lot of strange things going on with the timing of some of what happened over the past three years. And a lot of it has to do with this character, Novak Djokovic. Yes, he was kicked out of the US Open in 2020 for hitting a ball that hit a Lions lady. And what was going on around that, we'll talk about that, and the fact that he just won the Australian Open at 35 years of age, only dropped one set in the tournament, and that was in a tiebreaker, so an almost flawless 
as close to flawless as you could possibly hope for. He's 35 years old, and he's taken on guys who are in their 20s, guys who should be in the prime of their athletic abilities. He is absolutely smoking them right off the court. How's he doing that? Especially when he was told, and we were all told, you've got to take this thing, it's full of holy water, and it will protect you from the invisible body-possessing demons. And if you don't take it, the invisible body-possessing demons can harm you, kill you, and harm and kill those around you. So you must take it for your own health. And Novak's, very interesting name, Novak Djokovic, he said, nah, I'm not taking that thing. And then Australia 12 months ago said, well, in that case, you can get out. All right, this is about, this is about health and safety, goddammit. And if you won't do the healthy and safe thing and take this invisible body-possessing demon repellent, the holy water in the old left shoulder, if you won't do that, then you can get right out. And here we are 12 months later, and he just beat everybody who ostensibly did take the holy water for their health and safety. Very strange stuff, if you ask me. So we're going to come back and talk about all of that and so much more for this no poll review number two. For those of you in the live stream chat, great to have you there. What are you guys talking about right now? We'll go and take a look. We've got in the room with us Portal Complex, Infinite Plane Society, Osha, Rocco Calzone, Clockwork 113, very cool name, very apropos, Ramon Felius, Mum with Sons in the house as well, Dirty Benny is there, Thirst for Truth, Anders Ace, Cubs star, Zintrax is in the house, this is an all-star cast, goodness gracious me, Jindalee, Waterman, Chris, Epic Souls is in the house, and X322X are already there. Guys, Get your comments and questions coming through in the live stream chat. I'll read them out as we go along. But for now, we need to get back to this conspiracy no poll subreddit. So I'm going to explain this as briefly as I can, because I did touch on this last week, and I don't want to belabor the point. I'm going to bore anybody with this. Reddit, quite rightly, gets a lot of criticism, because all of the major subs are completely controlled. And I don't mean controlled by my CIAs or by any nefarious group. I mean as in, the conversation is controlled. And this happens because of the... The way that Reddit works, if something is downvoted five times, or if its net its net vote total is less than five, it gets collapsed. So it only takes a small number of people saying, I don't like your opinion, downvote, your opinion disappears. So it creates, it's very easy to create these hive mind echo chambers. So whether it's Reddit World News, or Reddit News, or Reddit Australia, or Reddit Tennis, or Reddit whatever, whatever the subreddit is, the opinions that go against the hive minds, the majority, the orthodoxy, those opinions get drowned out. Then you have the moderators who like to ban people. And I've been banned from multiple subs. Back in 2020, I got banned from Reddit Australia simply for daring to openly express my reservations about these lockdowns. I was like, is this really necessary? And they were like, it is necessary. And guess what else is necessary? We're banning you permanently. Bang, gone. That was it. Goodness gracious me. So that does happen, guys. I'm not here to promote Reddit in general. But there are certain subreddits that are very different. And one of them is Conspiracy No Poll. The No Poll stands for No Politics, because the idea is the main conspiracy subreddit, especially around election time, just gets flooded with blue versus red nonsense. I think Trump is going to save the world. I think Hillary is going to save the world. Of course, people don't really say it like that. But that's a lot of people do believe that the red team or the blue team cares about them. They really believe this. Well, they really believe that certain politicians are going to fix things or make them better or whatever. So they get into these back and forth arguments and the whole conspiracy subreddit, which I do like, it gets cluttered with nonsense. And so a few years ago, I thought, 
I'll create a conspiracy sub where we try to avoid those kinds of conversations. And that's what we've done over the last three years. The subreddit has grown and has about almost 60,000 subscribers already. And so what I like to do is use that subreddit to share my ideas or to ask questions of people, get their opinions. And lately, we've got a lot of comments coming through. So the question we're looking at today, because last week we looked at someone posted a thread about why all my friends trying to get me to watch TV was basically the gist of what he was uh, looking at. So I read his OP, then I read some of the comments. Today, we're taking a look at this particular question, which I posted nine days ago, apparently. So let's zoom in. In fact, let's, uh, let's, there we go. That should make it easy for you guys to read. By the way, if you guys are listening to this as the MP3, you're not going to miss anything too important. I try to make all of my long format content, even the videos or live streams, I try to make them and structure them so that even if someone listens as the MP3 later on, they're not going to miss anything too important. And that's what we're going to do again today. So let's take a look at this. I asked the question, how often do you drop some of your more fringe takes or observations into conversation with the regular folk? That was my question. And then I went into some detail in the OP, so I'll read that out right now. I wrote, last night I stopped by a bar and on the TV in the background was a replay of a Djokovic match at this year's Australian Open. Now at that time he hadn't won the tournament, he just won a couple of matches. I continue, it was relatively early at this particular bar. It was like, I don't know, 5 p.m. in the afternoon. I was on my way home from the cafe. And uh, I was on the way home, so I thought I'd pop in for a little water. And there was only a couple of people there. So I write that there were only two patrons, including myself and the barman there at the time. So it was three of us there at the time. Now, I've known both of these guys, the barman and the other patron, for about 18 months, which is about how long I've been in Plovdiv, beautiful Plovdiv, Bulgaria. And we play pool together most weeks at a local pool hall. So not at that particular bar, we meet up at a different place. Most Mondays, we play some pool. It's a good little social outing. So I've known these guys for a while as a point of the story. Now, in a loose sense, you could call us all friends, although we're not really that close. We get along, and uh, we're there for each other if we need each other, but we're not, we're not the best friends. We're not that close, but we know each other fairly well, I think it's fair to say. And you could call us acquaintances or friends or drinking buddies. You can call us whatever you want, but the point is we know each other pretty well. We're not randoms, okay, is the point of the story. Now, these guys are decent dudes, and it generally doesn't bother me that they are complete normies. I accept them for who they are. If you're just having a beer and talking nonsense, or if you're down at the pool hall just playing some pool, who cares if I believe that the TV is lying to us about certain things? Who cares? It doesn't have to come up. Who cares if they believe the nonsense that they're told on the TV? It doesn't really come up. It's not a big deal. So I just accept them for who they are. I like to think. I then continue. Anyway, old mate, one of the patrons at the bar, saw me paying attention to the Novak game on the screen. And he asked me if I knew who won that match, because it was a replay. And I replied that, yes, I did know that Novak won that match, because I'd already checked the scores earlier that day. I happen to be a bit of a sports ball fan. And you can judge me for that if you like, folks. I know some people are very anti-sports ball, and that's cool. I get it. You can judge me, but sports ball is one of my favorite things to watch to pass the time. So I continue. I used his question about the Novak game as a prompt to ask him and the barman, who was also there in front of us, if they had heard about the new Novak policy at the Australian Open. Now, one of them had heard about the policy. And the policy was this. Basically, at this year's Australian Open, you were not allowed to boo Novak at the Open. You couldn't just pay for your ticket, go in and watch the match, and boo Novak. Not allowed. Now, bear in mind, this is the same Australian Open that he wasn't even allowed to play at because last year the Australian government said boo, boo Novak, Boo, you're out. Get out of here. You thought you were welcome. You flew into the country, but get the hell out of here, right? 
the very same country, the very same tournament that he wasn't allowed to partake in 12 months ago. Now, it's like they've done a 180. He's welcome, and you can't even boo him. You can pay your $200 for a ticket. Doesn't matter. Cannot boo Novak. Quite a change of policy, I would have thought. And if you do boo him, you risk getting kicked out of the event. You can't. They'll just say, hey, listen, you, out. Why? All I was doing was booing Novak. They're like, yeah, that's exactly why we're kicking you out. That's the new policy. Now, this policy was apparently brought in because the organizers were afraid that Novak would be booed mercilessly for his anti-vax stance. So I pointed out to the patron and to the barman the absurdity of this policy. One year ago, Novak was banned from Australia. Now people are banned from booing him. What a turn of events. Now, both of my interlocutors, this happened about 10 days ago, folks, both of my interlocutors agreed that it was quite a wild swing from January 2022 to January 2023. I used this opportunity to share with them a little coincidence that I've noticed regarding Novak, one of my personal favorite sinks. So I asked them that if they, I asked them a question, if they remembered how Novak was ejected from the US Open for hitting a lion lady a few years back. And we'll take a look at that in just a moment. Now, their memories weren't exact. I don't think either of them are very big tennis fans, but they both vaguely remembered the incident. One of them thought it happened like last year. And I was like, uh, no, it happened in 2020. So well over two years ago. Time sure has flown. Yeah, the last three years has just flown. We're at the end of January, guys. Feels like yesterday it was New Year's Eve. Now it's January 31. Here's a 131 for you, or a 113. So I then mentioned, now this is where we get into the the sticky part of the situation, folks. I could have just kept my mouth shut. But I was like, well, Novak's on the screen. There's only three people here. I'm one of them. I know both of these dudes pretty well. They know that I'm a little bit out there. I don't really talk about my theories with them very much, but they both have some idea that I have some strange opinions, even though I almost never share them at that particular bar. Because I learned my lesson many years ago that it's really not worth it. So generally, I don't say too much, believe it or not. But I thought, hey, there's only three of us. There's no randoms here who might get offended by my crazy theories. These guys know, know me fairly well. Maybe I can share this little sink with them. So I mentioned that when Novak's ball hit the lady on the speed gun in the background, it read 113 miles per hour. And then I explained that when the World Health Organization officially declared or characterized this particular virus as a pandemic, it was the 11th of March 2020, which is a 113. And then I pointed out that it seems quite coincidental to me that the man named Novak, Novak, i.e. Novax, should be at the center of all of this. Now, let's go through the dot points here, folks. He's booted from the US Open for hitting a lady with the number 113 in frame. We'll take a look at that. In the same year, that is 2020, the same year where this thing was declared a pandemic on 113, the very same year at the US Open, there's a 113 in the background when he gets booted, ejected from the whole tournament. For those of you who don't know, you don't understand. Novak was the favorite to win that tournament. In that particular match, for hitting that lion lady with the ball, that was the end of his tournament. Not just the end of his match. That's it. Come back next year. You're not, you can't play tennis anymore. Right? And that's a rule in tennis. You can't hit the ball recklessly. 
and hit a line lady, hit the judge, hit anybody. You can't do it. So it wasn't like they picked on Novak. According to the rules, you're out. Forget about it. But what are the odds that that should happen in the same year that on 113 this thing became officially a pandemic? And that Novak was banned from Australia, Melbourne, the epicenter of so much of this nonsense back in 2020 and 2021. He was banned from Australia for being no-vaxxed. He happens to be named Novak. So I shared these things as diplomatically and as calmly and as concisely and as clearly as I possibly could in the moment to my interlocutors. Can you imagine the kind of responses I got? We'll come back and talk about that. So the questions that I asked to these folks on the Conspiracy No Pulse subreddit was, let me ask you, how often do you drop some of your more fringe takes into conversation with the regular folk? That was my question. And then we got dozens and dozens of comments, some of them very brief, some of them rather detailed. We'll come back and talk about those and more in just a moment. Before we do, I should check the live stream chat. We've got about 40 people watching live from around the world right now. Yeah, yeah, boy. Let's take a look at some of the comments And I want your comments as well in the live stream chat. How often, generally speaking, do you share some of your more fringe takes? Now, this particular thing that I'm sharing with you, this is a, this is quite out there. You know, anything to do with numbers, the masses have been trained to associate with crazy people. Like that, what's it, that uh, show? It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. There's that scene where the guy goes nuts and he's got like a whiteboard or something and all these pieces of red string or he's, he's used the texture to do red connections, I can't remember now, but he's connecting this to this to this to this to this. He's going nuts, right? That's how the masses generally have been conditioned to see anybody who who talks about the numbers, the dates, any of this stuff. That's how people have been trained. So it's very risky to bring this kind of stuff up. But I'm not just talking about those kinds of takes. I'm talking about things like what some people might call conspiracy theories, alternative theories, whether it's to do with the moon landings, or it's to do with the holy water that people have shot into their left shoulder or their right shoulder. I don't even know what shoulder, but I'm trying to say. The holy water to save you from the invisible body-possessing demons. Or your fringe or alternative opinions on health or on medicine or on the government and how it really operates, historical events, any of this kind of stuff. How often do you talk about these things with people who are not already into these kinds of topics. That's my question for you. So let's go and take a look at the live stream chat comments. So many people in there, I can't read out all of the comments, but I'll try my best. Infinite Plain Society says, some find the idea of JFK coming back to save us believable. Well, I haven't met any of those people yet. Clockwork113 was nice hearing you on Fakeologist the other night, JLB. Well, thank you, Clockwork113. That was quite a good chat I had with Ab the Fakeologist. He's been doing what he does now for 10 years or thereabouts. And he is obviously very advanced when it comes to media fakery and discussing these kinds of things. So he's easy to talk to. He's not really into like the stuff I'm talking about in this particular uh, stream. This idea of the 113 and the Novak Djokovic and this kind of thing. He's not really into what I might call the more esoteric or occult alternative ideas. He's very much a media fakery first kind of dude. But we all have our own proclivities and preferences and the things that we find believable or non-believable. So he's not really into this kind of stuff. But if you're just talking about media fakery and this corner of the internet, he's a pleasure to chat with. And I had a lot of good fun chatting with him on that particular night. That was about a week ago. And I might come back and talk more about that later in the show. But first, we need to talk about 
Marcus Goldfinch, somebody claiming to be Marcus Goldfinch, is in the live stream chat. He says that Q sent him. Portal Complex says that Novak's played incredible. Yeah, he only dropped one set. Now, guys, I know a lot of you think that the uh, sports pool is all rigged, especially because there's so many photos from different magazines or whatever where Novak has one eye covered with a racket or with a shoe or with his hand. And some people think that he's, he's part of some uh, network. And this is all scripted. It's, you know, the tennis players are told when to lose, when to win, blah, blah, blah. I'm open-minded to that. I don't believe that. I've got a theory that I think is much better at explaining all of these things than, oh, it's all scripted. I think I've got a much better theory, which we will come back and talk about later. But if you believe it's all scripted, that's easy. That's no problem, folks, because it doesn't change the fact that the one one three was there right behind Novak's when he got kicked out of the Australian Open. It doesn't change the fact that Tedros announced all of this on one one three. It doesn't change the fact that Novak's name is Novak. So we'll come back and talk about all of that and much more in just a moment. We've got almost 50 people watching live from around the world. If you just joined us late, welcome to this No Poll Review, episode number two. Today we're taking a look at the question, and I want your answers, folks, in the live stream chat. How often do you share your fringe ideas with the regular folk? And do you have any do's and don'ts? Do you have any, I can share this topic, but I try not to share that topic, or if I notice them reacting a certain way, then I steer the conversation a different way. What are your methods when dealing with the regular people? Okay, so with all of that being said... Uh, by the way, if you're on the JLB uh, Discord, you're welcome to come and join me right now, like a caller in. Just join the the chat, the, uh, the the audio chat room, and I can introduce you and you can take part in the call if you like. But otherwise, I'm going to go through these comments. But before I do, just in case some of you aren't aware of this, it is worth going through this. This particular clip comes to us from Tedros, okay, the WHO Director General. His name is Dr. Tedros Adhanom. Gebre Ezus. I'm probably not pronouncing that correctly, but I'm doing my best here. Now, this is from March 11, 2020. Let's just zoom in there. This is from March 11, 2020, folks. Okay, I'm not making this up. You don't need to make stuff up. This world that we live in is so seemingly absurd and crazy that just looking at reality and connecting a few dots, that's all the nonsense you need. You don't need any added nonsense, any fictional nonsense. Or at least you don't need to add to the fiction. You can just look at what they're presenting us and go, hold on a second here. I'm noticing some patterns. So this is a clip from Ted Ross. Let's take it. Now, this is from March 11, folks, 2020. So cast your mind back almost three years ago to when there was all this news about people collapsing in China and there's a deadly thing on the loose. I try not to use the V-I-R-U-S word. I have used it already a couple of times. Probably shouldn't have. Hopefully that doesn't get me kiboshed by our friends at YouTube. Speaking of which... You want to make sure you're on the free JLB mailing list. Because if and when YouTube kiboshes me again, it might not happen. It might not happen. I've, I've been pretty... I haven't been kiboshed for some time now, so it might not happen again. But if it does, how will you find where my new channel is or where my new work is getting posted? The free JLB mailing list is the way to do it. So the link to that is in the info box below. There's more than a thousand people on that mailing list already. I don't send stuff out very often these days, but when the time comes, if I need to let you know where to find my material or if I do an interview with, say, someone like Tim Osman or whatever the case might be, I can send you a quick email. Say, hey, guys, here is the information that you need. Go and click this link and you can see this or see this or whatever the case might be. That is a way to get around some of this, quote unquote, censorship is just to have backup 
plans is what I'm trying to say. Backup plans in place. Backup plans in place. There, we got it. There we go. Yeah, yeah, boy. So, let's get back to this. This is Tedros, folks, so I'm not making this up. If you're just listening to the MP3 version of this, in the middle of our screen is Tedros. He's wearing his suit, and he's got behind him the World Health Organization. Uh, you know, banner or whatever you call those things, the background. And he's about to comment on this thing, which at the time, some people already realized this is no regular baby hoax. This could be a much bigger thing. And he's about to make it official. Let's take a look at this. WHO has been assessing this outbreak around the clock, and we're deeply concerned both by the alarming levels of spread and severity and by the alarming levels of inaction. We have therefore made the assessment that COVID-19 can be characterized as a pandemic. So those are the key words. We have therefore made the assessment that the coronavirus can be characterized as a pandemic. Characterized as a pandemic. Why would they use that word? It can be characterized as a pandemic. Characterized. That's always stuck with me. But that's not what this is about. What matters is that, as far as I'm concerned, and other people in this corner of the internet, including, of course, Tim Osmond from the Infinite Plane Society, as far as I'm concerned, as far as he's concerned, and many of you as well, if we're looking for a, a time on the timeline, a point on that timeline to say, all right, this is when it became official, or as close to official as you can get, because like I said, he didn't say this is officially a once-in-a-lifetime pandemic. He just said it can be characterized as a pandemic. And then following this, over the next couple of days, all the major sports that hadn't already begun the process of winding down, they ended their seasons. It was all around this time, within 24, 48 hours of this, is when it all went down. So for me, 3.11 is when this all happened. And you just saw that. That was from 3.11. Old mate Ted Ross. Now, I want to give you more evidence that what I'm saying is just not just being made up. I'm not just uh, making stuff up. Novak Djokovic was banned from the US Open, ejected in 2020. Okay, so this is many months after March 11. When's the US Open? When is the US Open? I think the US Open might be, might be what is it, September, October? Is it August? I think that's when the US Open is or was at least in 2020. So this is months after 3.11. But for the US Open of 2020... Novak, who some people even back then were saying is the greatest of all time, especially now that he's got 22 Grand Slams with no apparent end in sight, at 35 years old, still smacking the youngsters around, only losing one set en route to a 10th Australian Open trophy. Goodness gracious me. He is the greatest of all time. And anybody who debates that, fair enough. You can love Roger Federer. You can love Rafael Nadal. But this guy, Novak Djokovic, if you're being objective, is the greatest of all time, the GOAT, some would say. And he got ejected, though. When he was the favorite for the US Open, he got ejected because he hit a ball, and that ball hit the line lady, and she went down like a sack of potatoes, didn't she? Straight down onto the ground because his tennis ball had hit her. And what was in the background? What is in frame? Well, you can't really see it from this image. It's a bit blurry. But don't worry, JLB's got you covered. He went and found some more evidence... To prove a point, this would have been proven before, but just in case anyone doubts me, which you should, you should doubt me. Who am I? I'm some crazy dude living in Plovdiv, Bulgaria, talking about all kinds of crazy things. Why should you trust a single word that I say? Perhaps you shouldn't. Instead, let's look at the evidence. 
This comes to us from Good Morning America. And they've got the date as, there you go, September. So from September of 2020, this is what Novax did. We want to turn out to that bizarre moment at the U.S. Open that so many are talking about. Top-ranked <laughs> tennis superstar Novak Djokovic abruptly disqualified from the tournament he after he hit a down. ball toward the backboard and struck a line judge in the throat. Adrian Bankert has the latest. Game, Got her. Now that's one, one, three. Okay, let's just scroll back a little bit. Can we zoom in on YouTube? I think we can. I'm telling you, folks, that's a one, one, three. Now that I'm not going over this because this points in contention. No one disputes that it's a one, one, three. I just want to make this very clear so everyone's on the same page here. That's a one, one, three. And for those of you who are listening to the MP3, from this particular camera angle, on in the middle of the screen, you've got the one, one, three underneath the IBM. And don't even get me started about 2001 A Space Odyssey and Hal and this so-called AI. And don't even get me started on all of that stuff. That's not for today. But right underneath the IBM, which sits right underneath this thing that says US Open, you've got the 113 miles per hour. On the left of that, you've got Novax. On the right of that, you've got the innocent ball that's minding your own business. And what happens, folks? Let's take a look once again. Whoops. He was un... Whoopsie. Game Take a look at this once more time. <laughs> she goes straight down. He was undefeated, now he's... Uh-oh. Let's see it once again. <laughs> he Whoops, was undefeated, now he's out. The number one tennis player in the world ousted from the U.S. Open. We'll just watch this one more time. Game, <laughs> he was undefeated, now he's out. The number one tennis player in the world ousted from the U.S. Open. Novak Djokovic hit a ball out of anger from the court... Now you can see it even more clearly there. There's your one, one, three miles per hour. So the idea with these particular signs, if you like, as most of you know, I'm sure, it demonstrates the speed of the previous serve, right? So the idea is to keep track of how fast these guys are serving. And some of these dudes, these pros, they can serve at up to 120 miles an hour. Some of them maybe even slightly more than that, but 113 miles an hour is quite a serve. But it wasn't enough for Novak to win that particular point. In fact, he lost his service game. And that is why, at least ostensibly, he was angry because he just lost his own service game. He still had a tennis ball in his pocket, but he doesn't have to keep that because now he's not serving anymore. It's other guy's serve. So he takes the ball, he hits it, and then <laughs> straight into the, uh, the lion lady's neck or head or something. And then she goes straight down. And there is your 113, just, just in case it isn't clear enough. There's your 113. Yes, indeed. Okay. So with that being said... Let's go and take a look at this, because there's more to the story, folks. Now, I didn't tell my interlocutors at the bar nine days ago when I was sharing some of these crazy things. I didn't share this part, but I'm going to share it with you, because I think some of you are more open-minded to this. This comes to us from BBC Sport. This is dated 6 September 2022. There is the poor innocent lady who got hit by a Novak's ball. He goes to comfort and console and apologize to her, but it's not going to be enough. His US Open 2020 is over. He's about to find out now. The BBC, in their particular article from the time, wrote this. Top seed Novak Djokovic was disqualified from the US Open for accidentally hitting a ball at a line judge in his fourth round match. By the way, I've been saying ball lady. That's not correct. I keep confusing the two. She's the line judge, not a ball lady. But you get the point I'm making. She's standing there. She's innocent. She's done nothing wrong, as far as we can tell. And it, it doesn't... I don't think he was really trying to hit her, but I don't know. Maybe he was. Who knows? It doesn't matter. You can't hit a ball that hits a line lady a ball lady, a ball boy, the judge. You just can't do it, all right? And Novak's did, so he was booted. So the BBC says this, top seed Novak Djokovic was disqualified from the US Open for accidentally hitting a ball at a line judge in his fourth round match. 
Djokovic, 33, showed his frustration after losing serve to trail 6-5 against Spain's Pablo Corina Busta. The Serbian world number one. He was number one in the world at the time, and he's again now. The reason why he wasn't for a while there is because he didn't play a... Well, he didn't play the Australian Open last year, did he? So he missed out on those points. But he has been the number one in the world for many years now. It says the Serbian world number one took a ball out of his pocket and hit it behind him, striking the female line judge in her throat. After a lengthy discussion, he was defaulted by the tournament officials. Goodness gracious me. So he was 33. So Mr. Novak, Mr. Novak himself, in the year of 2020, went on 113. This was characterized as a pandemic. Got ejected from the US Open when he was 33, feeding the ball lady, when there was a 113 right behind him. Now, I know some of you were thinking, JLB, it's all a coincidence. And we're all entitled to our own opinions. And if I was to meet someone, if you were a normie, for instance, and I met you down at the local watering hole, and I shared with you some of these little coincidences, so-called, and you said to me, yep, it's all just a coincidence. You're just, you're reading too far into it. I'd say, that's fair enough. And I could drop the topic and we could move on to something else. I don't have an issue with that. It's when people who claim to be awake or claim to be thinking for themselves, claim to be involved in this process of deprogramming, as I call it, when they say to me, it's all just a coincidence, I'm like, hmm, that's very strange. I don't really, I don't understand how you can get some things and not, not at least be open to others. Very strange stuff, but we're all entitled to our own opinions. That's fair enough. Let me show you some more stuff. So this happened against Pablo Carino Busta. Let's take a look at this character. Okay, so he was at the other end of the tennis court when the Novak man, who was aged 33 at the time, with a 113 in the background, got ejected when he was world number one. This is unprecedented stuff. Gets ejected from one of the four Grand Slams, one of the four major tennis tournaments in the world every year. He's the favorite. He's the world number one. And he gets ejected for hitting the Lions lady, right? Who was at the other side of the court that day? Well, it was Pablo Carina Busta. Now, let's take a look at this character. He has been ranked... This is according to Wikipedia, folks. Those of you listening at home, this is Wikipedia I've got on the screen right now. This Pablo character has been ranked as high as world number 10. That's the highest he's ever been ranked by the ATP, which he first achieved on 11 September 2017. 11 September was when he was... At his highest ranking. Could be a coincidence, folks. Could just be a coincidence. Of course it could. Why not? One more interesting little thing you might be interested to hear about was that our boy Novak Djokovic, well, subsequent to being ejected from the US Open, he kind of did it again. He kind of hit a ball to hit a lion judge again. But this time, he wasn't defaulted because it was more clearly... An accident. It wasn't even reckless. Because you've got intentional, below that you've got reckless, below that you've got accidental. This time it was accidental. This is, was at the French Open just a few months later. Okay, so another, ma- another one of the four major tournaments. Take a look at this. And for those of you who are listening who can't see it, I'll explain it in just a moment. But for those of you watching, let's take a little look at this. So this happened just a couple months later. Let's take a look at this. This is from a Twitter. Got him. Whoopsie. Take a look at this. Right in the head. Forgive me for finding this a little bit amusing. but uh, Anyway, so that time he was trying to return service. It's come off the top of his racket and by amazing coincidence, 
straight into a linesman's head. Uh, fortunately, this particular guy didn't go down like a sack of potatoes, and the game was allowed to continue, and Novak, Mr. Novak's, was not ejected from that particular event. Now, what I find interesting, and just bear with me here, folks, just for the, for the love of Keck, bear with me. If you take a look at the score at that time, it was 4-3. Four games to Djokovic, three games to Kachanov, and it was 40-40. So they both won three points in that game. So there were seven games total played and six points in this game. So seven and six. If you've read the sync books, you'll know why I find that interesting. But if you've never read the sync books, you're probably thinking, JLB, you've lost me. I'm not trying to lose you. Just bear with me. Just come back. Come right back. We'll get back to Djokovic in just a moment. But for those of you who've read the sync books... Maybe, this is like a little Easter egg. You might see why I find it interesting. Djokovic on four, Kachanov on three. They're both on 40-40, so that's three points each in this game. So there's your seven and your six. You might know why I find it interesting. When old Novak, who is still probably feeling like a damn fool, assuming it's not all scripted, because maybe it was scripted, of course, who knows. But assuming or presuming that he didn't really try to hit that poor innocent lady in the throat with the ball, he's probably still thinking, man, I wish I had never done that. And a couple months later, in the same year, the same 2020 year, look what happens. One more time. <laughs> Whoopsie. Replay. <laughs> right in the head. Ah, oh, forgive me, folks. Anyway, so I've now proven to you, or I've shown you the evidence, that all the things that I was sharing with my interlocutors at the bar on that particular day were true. Okay, now you can put it down to coincidence. You can say it's all scripted. We'll come back and talk about all of that in just a moment. But at least I have shown you why I talk about this particular thing. It's not just make-believe. It's not just made up. And I personally, and we'll talk about my theory later on in this presentation, I personally think that this is a demonstration. This is evidence of something much bigger going on. No, I don't think it's all scripted. I don't think that Novak was told, hey, on this particular point, you need to hit a ball at some lady's head. I don't think that's what's happened. Okay. I don't think he was told, hey, you've got to, as soon as you see that you've served a 113 mile an hour uh, serve and it comes up on the speed gun, then hit one of the line ladies. Do it. I don't think that's how, I'm open to it, but I think there's something much bigger going on that will explain so many more of the so-called coincidences. So we'll come back and talk about that. But of course, if you're just joining us late, this is no poll review number two. My question for you, and I want you to tell me in the live stream chat, if you're listening live, is how often do you share some of these fringe ideas, some of these alternative ideas with regular people. And by regular people, I mean people who, they don't listen to so-called conspiracy podcasts. They don't read or partake in so-called conspiracy subreddits. They don't have any issue at all with the aluminium foil and with the crepe paper, you know, the bendy paper and the plastic rods of the so-called lunar lander. You can show them that image. They don't see any problem. You're like, do you really think this thing went to the moon? And some, some guys lived in there for a day and a half. Do you really believe that? And they look at the image like, of course. I, you're not one of those crazy conspiracy people, are you? Who thinks the moon landings were faked? Well, before he gets any of that, just tell me if you think this thing went to the moon. Yes or no? Of course they believe yes. Though, and, and I'm not saying that makes them bad people. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is, I believe most people are that way. They are the normal people. The Normans. Do you share some of these fringe ideas with them? And not just this crazy 113 stuff, just anything. Anything like, you know, it seems strange to me that the whole world is locking down at the same time. If I didn't know better, I'd think maybe they're all answering to the same honchos. You know what I mean? 
Or isn't it strange that we've got this holy water to save us from this invisible body-possessing demon so quickly, and they're giving it away for free? Doesn't that... That's a very strange thing to be happening, don't you think? Yes. Anyhow, let's get back to the live stream chat. Then we'll go through the comments that were left at Conspiracy No Poll. Yeah, yeah, boy, 40 minutes into the show. Thank you very much. Okay. Let's go and take a look at those comments right now. About 50 people watching from all over the world. Welcome to John LeBond YouTube live stream. Yeah, yeah, boy. Let's go through. So Epic Soul says, can I zoom in here so you guys can see it at home? Yes, I can. All right. Then we just need to scroll across. How do I scroll across using... Ah, that's okay. This will do. All right, so IPS says today is 311Y. Epic Souls says if I ever mention these things to a normie, their eyes glaze over. I'm sure we've all experienced that. It's like, and that's why for me personally, on the rare occasion I do share this stuff, I try not to become too energetic or animated because I don't want this contrast between me getting because a lot of the times I'm in conversation, I'm not particularly interested. It's just general small talk. You try and be polite. Hey, what are you doing in this city? Oh, yeah. Oh, how long have you been doing that for? Oh, that's cool. Where are you going next? Or if they live here, it's like, oh, yeah, so what do you do? Oh, yeah, do you enjoy that? Did you study at uni? Blah, blah, blah. Or uh, what did you get up to on the weekend? Oh, yeah. Was it cool? Oh, yeah, that's interesting. Oh, it arranged you out. Oh, that's no good. Despite the rain, could you still have fun? Oh, yeah. Just general small talk, right? Which I'm happy to engage in, but it's, why would I get animated about that? It's, it's very generic, you know what I mean? It's the same thing over and over again. But once we, if, if I can get into a conversation about more interesting things, that's when I can sometimes become a bit more animated. But with the normal people, I try to just save my animation because I know that most likely I'll get that eyes glazed over look in response. And that contrast in enthusiasm is uh, never fun, is it? At least not for me. Dirty Benny says, Quite an extraordinary woman was Marina Abramovich. I love her spirit and originality. Yelena Djokovic. Yelena Djokovic. Hmm, that's interesting, Dirty Benny. So, Yelena, is she the partner of Novak or is she the mother? Who is this Yelena character? I don't pretend to know. You see, I follow sports ball, but I don't follow much of the side elements. So, I couldn't tell you who this guy was dating or married to or that he was... I couldn't even tell you they're sponsored by. With Novak, I can. At least in the past, I don't know about today, at least in the past, he was sponsored by Uniqlo. And the reason I remember that is because it looks very similar to Uni Queensland. The O looks very similar to a D. And I used to, whenever I'd see him, I'd be like, that looks very similar to Uni Queensland, where I studied for some time back in the day. So he is or was sponsored by Uniqlo, but beyond that, I couldn't even tell you they're sponsored by. I couldn't tell you much about these sports ball characters outside of the sports ball. So is he married? Is Yelena? I'm guessing that is, that's either his wife or his mum. And so what Dirty Benny seems to be suggesting is that, or implying, perhaps, is that Novak is involved with some shady goings-on with the people who run the show when this uh, Marina Abramovich was the... Was she the spirit cooker or she was she was an artist who created weird art or she was involved with Epstein? I don't know. Something like this. I'm sure you guys are all at least vaguely familiar with the story. Rebel Soul says, So Novak is a character. Is this the claim? I love it. He's anti-vax. Well, I'm not saying he's a character any more than I would say that any of us are characters on the grand stage that is this so-called reality. But some people believe that when these sports ball events occur, it's because at the top level of tennis or NFL or golf or whatever the case might be, that those guys, as talented as they might be at sport, at a certain point they are brought into the... What's the word for it? 
let me think of a neutral term because cabal is too loaded a term, but they're somehow brought into some kind of organization where they are then told effectively, basically, go along with what we say and you're going to live a very comfortable life. You'll win and you'll lose tournaments. You'll make a lot of money. You'll be a celebrity. You'll get to live a life better than, more fun and uh, more enjoyable than 99.7% of the population. But at this point, you now have to go along with us, effectively. Something like this. And so if they go along with it, at some point they're told, hey, listen, dude, you're going to be playing uh, Novak Djokovic. At some point, you need to win service against him. And don't worry, it's going to be easier than you expect because he's in on it as well. And when that happens, he's going to hit a ball at the line, uh, lady, and then you're going to be, you're going to win. Basically a walkover because we're kicking Novak out. It's all part of our script, right? That's what a lot of people believe. Now, I'm not saying that they're wrong. I don't agree with them. I think, I think, I personally think they're wrong, but I don't know that for sure. And I am open to their interpretation. Linda Curtis is in the live stream chat. She says, hello, Zintrax, who is a very talented YouTuber. He writes, I don't go out of my way, but if a topic comes up, I just make jokes where they can't tell if I'm serious or not. Yes, humor, very powerful in these kinds of conversations. You can kind of wrong foot the normie by kind of being sarcastic, but not. You know what I mean? Very clever tactic. I could have approached the whole thing differently uh, with my normal, my normal interlocutors some nine or ten days ago, had I gone for the more jocular thing. But it wouldn't have worked with them because they didn't know about the 113 uh, in the background. And they wouldn't... You ask a normie, when did the whole coronavirus thing begin? They'll probably say 2020. And that's about as specific as most of them can be. Some of them, if they are sports ball fans, they'll remember, oh, the NBA shut down in March of 2020. They might remember, for instance. But generally, they're not going to... Most of them won't even know who Ted Ross is. So the whole 311 connection will be lost on them. But if you're dealing with people who do at least know the basis of the story, I guess you could be jocular. So if, if the moon landings came up in conversation with normies, for instance, you could make a sarcastic comment about why didn't they say stars in the background or any of those kinds of so-called anomalies. I guess you could do that. And I guess it probably would work. Yeah, I haven't tried that uh, method myself for a long, long... I generally don't even talk to the, to the normies about any of this stuff, folks. I really don't. I either just sit there watching my sports ball and if they come and talk to me, hey, how you going, how's work going, whatever. Uh, or, or I just talk small talk with people. It's, um, I'm not saying that I like, that I prefer small talk, folks. I'm not saying I prefer it that way. I just know <laughs> with the normal, the normal people I hang out with, I know I'm probably not going to get very far the moment that the topic, that the conversation goes off the, the generic and the banal. I just know that. So what's the point? I'm definitely not trying to, to convert anybody to this way of thinking or to change their minds, am I? So what's the point? And I've seen a lot of people get either triggered or what you might call semi-triggered, where it's just, it's not fun conversation. Like, because they get defensive. Once someone gets defensive, conversation is not productive. And for me, it's not fun. You know, I know some people like to troll the normies, which, hey, if that's your fun, whatever, but I don't want to do that. I don't, I don't like when people are defensive. It's not a fun conversation. So, and once you go far enough off the reservation, folks, as I have done, evidently, pretty much any opinion I share about anything is going to be crazy. It's going to be mad to the average person. I'll give you an example. Last night was Monday night. So me and some of the fellas caught up at the pool hall to play some pool. And then, and I'm going to make this story very short to just get right to the, the heart of it. We met a couple of British people who were just there for one night. They were on holidays. So they came, we got them to come over and play with us as well and you just get to know them better and just uh, talk some, just talk some chatter with them. And then uh, next thing you know, we're going out for 
you know, a couple of beers afterwards. Now, I wasn't drinking. I'm on my little sober streak at the moment, but I'm happy to just go out and get a bottle of water and sit with people when they're drinking. These people weren't drunk, you know, they're not causing any problems. So, yeah, let's go out and have a chat. Why not? So I get to talking to these, um, with these uh, British people, very fun people. I like the British. I like English people. Generally speaking, I like their energy, especially when you've been living in Eastern Europe, in, uh, in Bulgaria, in the Balkans, for a couple of years. And God love the Bulgarians. God bless them. I think they're good people. I like them. There's lots of things I like about them. It is nice to get some uh, variation every now and then. It's nice to get some, what's the word? A bit of a change, a bit of a, some, what's the word I'm looking for here? Something different, you know? It's nice to get something different, some variety. That's the word I'm looking for. It's nice to get some variety every now and then. So on the rare occasion that some English tourists pop by, it's nice to chat with them because they've got a different, more of an outgoing energy than is uh, common here in the Balkans. Anyhow, somehow, we're at this little dive bar, I don't know, might have been midnight, 1 a.m., I don't know. And somehow this Ukraine thing comes up. And old mate, he's about 30 years old, 29 I think he was. Somehow it comes up that uh, like this Ukraine uh, thing comes up. And by this stage they'd ask me, what do you do? And I'd said to him, just in relatively vague terms, I'd said to him basically, well, I kind of like to talk about conspiracy theories. Now, I usually don't use that word because now it's a trigger word. But on this occasion, it was already, like I said, 12 or 1 o'clock. I'd already chatted with these people enough and the other people who were there with us enough, there was a bit of a group. I was like, you know what, I'm, you know, I'll just tell them. I'm a little bit of a conspiracy podcaster sometimes. You know what I mean? Where's that effect? And then somehow it moves on to Ukraine. An old mate says to me, and he was being uh, very cordial. There was no animosity or any defensiveness. He says to me, because I said to him, I just don't really believe what's in the news. I said to him, when I was a kid, there was this weapons of mass destruction thing, which I fully believed. And I was convinced that there was this dude in some country in the Middle East who had uh, anthrax or some kind of biological agents and possibly even nuclear bombs. And he's going to kill us. And I believe that the the US and Australia and all these people were correct to go in there and, and blow shit up and kill this dude. And it turned out I was completely wrong. And as far as I know, nobody got in any trouble for those lies. Nobody in the government, nobody in the media. Nobody anywhere got any trouble for any of that. And I have never trusted the TV since, was basically what I said to them. And then old mate has said to me, words to the effect of, because I'm just paraphrasing you guys. I don't remember these. I can't say this was verbatim, but this is the general gist. He says to me, yeah, but you know, there's a war in Ukraine going on, isn't there? And I just looked at him with no facial expressions. And I said to him, well, yeah, I mean, there must be. It's on the TV, right? And then he burst into laughter. And then his girlfriend burst into laughter. She was 29 years old as well. And then he's looked at me, he's looked at me like after laughing for a little bit and I'm just sitting there deadpan. He looks at me and he's like, yeah, but seriously though, there is, like, you know, there is a war, right? And then she's like, yeah, there definitely is a war. And I was like, well, again, that's what they're telling us, but I haven't been there. So how do I know? Like, I'm not saying it is or isn't real. It's just, I don't know trust the government or media. That's just the point I'm making. And then I explained to them this bizarre story that came out of Bulgaria, where basically there was a... This is like the official story. I don't know if it's real or not. It could easily be fake. Anything could be fake. But at least here, the story was that Bulgaria took in a whole bunch of refugees during the, during the winter here. The Bulgarian government gave money to a whole bunch of hotels because on the east coast of Bulgaria is beaches and they are tourist towns in the summer. They're hopeless in the winter. Who wants to go to, to the, the Black, sea, a Black Sea beach in the winter? The weather's terrible. Who would want to do that? But in the summer, very popular. Not just with Bulgarians, with people from all over this region. So in the winter, these places are basically laying dormant, especially in this post-corona environment. This was last year, you see. So the Bulgarian government, and this is official, guys. This isn't conspiracy theory, had 
uh, said, we'll take in X number of, bulk, of um, Ukrainian refugees and we'll put them in the hotels that are empty anyway. We'll pay the hotels. This is good for the tourism industry to get them going a little bit. And, and this will protect these uh, poor Bulgarian, uh, sorry, not Bulgarian, these poor Ukrainian refugees from, from the horrors that's going on in their country, Putin style. So everything was great. But then once the winter passed and the spring was coming, well, now this is when the hotels are going to start getting busy. So there's no more need to put the refugees there. It's going to make more sense for everybody involved to tell those refugees, hey, you can stay in Bulgaria, but we need to put you somewhere else. We can't put you in these uh, beautiful hotels on the beach. We've got to put you somewhere else. So you're welcome to stay. We'll take care of you. Don't worry about that. But we need to put you on these trains or on these buses to get you to somewhere else. And you can stay in those hotels or in those areas, right? According to the media, the Bulgarian media, what then happened was it only like a couple dozen? So there might have been, say, a thousand or two thousand, I don't know the exact number, of these Ukrainian refugees, quote unquote, who were staying in the hotels. When they were getting free hotels, they were staying in nice uh, abodes. Of course, it was during the winter, so they probably weren't enjoying the beach so much. But hey, they're still staying in a nice place. They're getting a, they're getting a free holiday, aren't they? I mean, of course, it's not a holiday. They're, they're running away from war, of course, but you get the idea. Then the weather started to pick up, and they probably were enjoying themselves. But once the weather picked up enough that it's time for the real tourists to take these places, and they were told, okay, we're going to take care of you, but we have to go inland now, suddenly they all disappeared. Presumably many of them back to Ukraine. Very bizarre, because if they were running from a real war, you'd think they wouldn't care. And, and they wanted to come to Bulgaria as refugees. You'd think they wouldn't care if they were being put on the beach or somewhere else, as long as they've, they've got their accommodation and their... Uh, their stipends or their food or whatever, you'd think that they'd be very grateful for that. And maybe they were, but the evidence suggests probably not because suddenly when they were told, okay, no more hotel on the beach, time to time to put you somewhere more appropriate, they're all out of there. They disappeared. Now, that's a story from the, from the mainstream media and from the alternative media here in Bulgaria. Very bizarre stuff. I shared this story with my, my normie interlocutors, didn't I? My British interlocutors, very nice people, very jovial people. I quite liked them at least early on in the night as the night wore on i was you know i was just drinking waters you know and when you're just drinking waters and everyone else is drinking beers and you're listening to a lot of stuff that people are saying and uh you know eventually sort of it's home time isn't it but anyhow so i shared that story with them then they started going on about how well yeah but they started defending all of this and i'm like this is a story you just heard (laughs) you're telling me about these refugees and i'm telling you i haven't seen any all i've heard about is some of them that were here who were refugees while the goings were good, but then, you know I'm trying to say here, folks? Very bizarre stuff. So, I generally don't talk with the normies too much, but when I do, I'm given that reminder. Oh, yes. This is why I like to sit there with my bottle of water, or if I'm not on a sober streak, if I am drinking, with my glass of beer, my chashar of beer, and just watch the sports ball, and try and focus on the sports ball. Because as soon as the conversation goes to anywhere beyond what the television tells them, these people are, uh, they're all Agent Smiths, aren't they? Not quite as aggressive, of course, but still. Very bizarre stuff indeed. Let's get back to the live stream comments. How many people have we got in the live stream at the moment? Ooh, we've got just over 50 people. Very nice. It was about 30. It was about 30. 20 to 30 on last week's show. About 50 this week. Within a few weeks, if we keep doing this and I promote it properly, we should get back to 100, which is what it was a couple of years ago when I was doing these live streams. Yes, indeed. Alrighty, so Tinkle Tink says 113 miles an hour, LOLL. I don't know what they're lolling at. Mum with Sun says, yeah, I made it today. Yes, indeed you did. Let's go back here. We've got quite a few comments, folks. I need to catch up with the live stream chat. 
Let's see. Ramon Felius says, I try not to talk with the normies. Just sometimes drop little hints or comments to see if they catch on. Matt Hopper is in the house. Infinite Plane Society says, First thing I ask new people is flat or ball. If they say ball, it's over for life. Eventually they come around. Very interesting strategy. I try not to talk about flat earth with the masses. I try not to talk about flat earth even with people who are supposedly awake. Flat earth is a topic that I I did my time, folks, back in 2015-16. I did my time. Oswaldo says that NPCs are going to NPC. Yes, indeed. Matt Hopper says, I act like a stereotype normie and tell them I've had five jabs and COVID three times, but would be dead without the jabs. Just spout loads of crap. I like that. You know what? I might even try that. I might even try that. Because I found out from my English interlocutors last night that they'd both been jabbed. I found out they'd both been jabbed. And they both had a booster. Why? So they could just go traveling. That's all they wanted to do was travel. And so at this this particular part of the conversation, I was mostly talking to the lady because old mate was talking to some Bulgarian dude. I don't know what he was doing. So this particular part of the conversation where we were talking about the jibbies and the lockdowns and what have you was mostly the, the young lady. I mean, 29, young. I'm 35, so I think I can call people in their 20s young. This particular youngster, this young lady, 29 years old, she was telling me that she took the jibbies and her reasoning, and I wasn't interrogating her. Like it was, this part of the conversation was like 3% me talking and 90% her talking. And she was just, you know, she got a few beers in her. She's just, uh, you know, blah, 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 blah. And, uh, and so she was saying she took the jibbies because she wanted to travel. And then I was like, are you still taking the boosters? And she's like, no, no, I'm not taking any more boosters. I'm like, how many did you take in the first place? And she was like, oh, just one. Because we wanted to travel to whatever country she was saying that they wanted to travel. These people love traveling, you see. They're big time travelers. So that she's taken three of these injections to be allowed to travel. And then later on in the conversation, old mate comes back. And then he says to me, what about you? Did you take this thing? Now, my response was six letters four beginning with f then a space and then an no which i normally don't speak like that but this was pretty late in the night and i was just about ready to to get the hell out of there i sort of had my normie feel for the day and i you know but i just it just blurted out of me i was like no uh no i no i did not if i could go back in time i'd like to say of course of course i have in fact i just got my fifth booster two weeks ago i wish i'd said that that would be funny to get their responses and then said, and I'm so glad I've taken all these boosters because I came down with COVID after my third booster and uh, I was sick as a dog. And if I hadn't taken that third booster, I might not have made it. I might not have made it. Thank God for Bill Gates and for Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson. They saved my life because I was so sick. In fact, the doctor said to me, I was in hospital for three weeks. He said to me, mate, you're covid he said that if I hadn't taken that third booster, I might be six feet under. Oh, my God. Would have been funny to get the responses to that. Because I can deadpan. Don't worry about that. I can just do deadpan. <laughs> okay, well, I've got a plan for next time. Somebody asks me, have you been jibby-jabbed, JLB? Oh, well, I'm glad you asked, actually. Take a look at my shoulder. This is a six-jab shoulder right here. In fact, I'm going for my... I'm going for my seventh booster tomorrow. Do you want to come with? There's space in the car. All right. Osha says that World War Three started on one World War Three. Well, that's one particular take. Tomanoid Two says one of those super evil characters. He might be referring to the Novak. 
Portal Complex says it was called the Kung Flu. Andy Baxter says, I stopped when I heard about the Agent Smith syndrome. Yeah, the Agent Smith idea, like, in the Matrix, anybody can become Agent Smith. They can morph into Agent Smith, which I see as being analogous to, or like a metaphor, an allegory, or whatever the word is to describe this thing, where you can be talking to anybody. But if you say certain things, conversation go from cordial, jovial, even jocular and happy, to defensive and what? Wait, wait a minute. Do you really think the government, do you really think they'd get away with it? Who's going to stop them? Oh, no, you've gone too far now. And that's, that's the gentle version. Sometimes they can, they can become very animated and get a little bit aggressive. What? But I know someone who went, a, a friend of mine, his uncle lost a leg in Iraq. Goodness gracious me. So just give me one second here. Let's go and take a look at Tedros one more time. I'll be back in just a moment to read more of your comments. The alarming levels of spread and severity and by the alarming levels of inaction. We have therefore made the assessment that COVID-19 can be characterized as a pandemic. Characterized as a pandemic. Yeah, just need a little uh, drink of water there, or vida, as they call it here in beautiful Plovdiv, Bulgaria. Mojali Edna Voda. Edna Voda. All right, let's take a look at this. So these are the comments that came to us on the Conspiracy No Pulse subreddit. This is the top comment. It comes from Equinzu Ocha 6. He writes, or she writes, I guess, could be. I bring. So this is in response to my OP on Conspiracy No Pulse. Once again, if you haven't checked out that subreddit, I recommend it. Lots of interesting thinkers in there. Not like the other subreddits. If you've used Reddit before and you don't like it, I understand. But this is very different. Give it a chance. Yes, indeed. Okay, so this is the top reply to my question. It comes from a Quinzu, Ocha 6. He or she writes, I bring up so-called interesting coincidences all the time. And I ask questions that lead them to the point, but I make a big effort to read the room and not bring up something if I don't think the person will even consider it. That said, I almost never bring up numbers unless it's something glaringly obvious. I'm glad that comment was the most upvoted comment because to me, this is very sensible. You've got to read the room. I shouldn't say you. I like to read the room. So if I'm talking to two interlocutors, two dudes who I've known for 18 months, we get along well, we meet up most weeks to play pool. We've met up at that bar many times, had many a beer, taught many a nonsense. And we've even gone go-karting a couple of times. And uh, look, I'm not one to brag, but uh, <sighs> a lot of these people, oh, they're the fastest racer in the bar when you're at the bar. No one can beat them. But then you get them down to the old go-karting track and <sighs> after 15 minutes, you look at the big scoreboard and who's got the fastest time? Why, it's that crazy guy, the crazy dude who wears a beanie, doesn't say much at the bar, the crazy conspiracy theorist. Oh, he just happens to have... The fastest time by two tenths of a second to number two. Oh, what are the odds of that? Hey. But I'm not one to brag. Okay, so what was I saying? Oh, yes, yeah, so I knew those two people. So I thought I... And Novak was on the screen and somebody on the, on the big screen behind me, or behind the barman, I should say, and someone asked me, do you know the scores from this match about Novak? This is an opening, I thought, to just test the waters. But with regular people, of course, you've got to read the room. Or I've got to read the room. It's very sensible. So he says that he almost never brings up the numbers. That's another thing, like I said earlier on. The numbers, you can, even so-called awake people can get lost in the numbers. And I understand because a lot of people who do the gematria stuff, there are some people who I, do, I think do it very well. And they do it methodically and sensibly. 
There are other people who are just going silly with this stuff, in my personal opinion, and it can sort of make all of it look silly to an extent. So I can see why some people are like, nah, the numbers is all crazy. I, I understand it. I understand it. So yeah, the number stuff is just asking for trouble. So that was the top rated reply from Equinzu Ocha 6, basically saying that he likes to bring up the interesting coincidences, but he makes an effort, or he or she makes an effort to read the room and doesn't bring this up with people who he can tell are not ready for it. And he tries to avoid the numbers altogether. Now, the top reply to that particular comment is from Kuri Tokyo. They write this, read the room, work out where they stand, and then question the most obviously broken part of it. When it comes to Aussies and Novak, they will call him an idiot anti-vaxxer. When I ask them why they think so, they'll say something like he's too scared to get vaccinated. I tell them he has a team of medical experts telling him how to stay at his peak performance, and they're telling him not to get vaccinated. So who's the idiot for thinking he came to this conclusion by himself? Interesting. I would think that if you went with that uh, particular method of dealing with the normies on this topic, they would then get defensive because you're implying that they're the idiot. And humans, as good old Papa Carnegie explained to us, Dale Carnegie with How to Win Friends and Influence People, humans are creatures of emotion and passion and ego, bristling with prejudice, old Dale Carnegie would say. And if you want to win them to your way of thinking, because if that's your plan, because maybe you're not trying to win them to your way of thinking, but if any of you is motivated to get them to see things from your perspective, then you do not... This is Papa Carnegie's advice, and I think he's on the money with this. You don't want to in any way bruise their ego. In any way. Because we're all humans, and most of us like to think that we are logical first and emotional second, or we can put our emotions to the side and just be objective. We like to think that. The evidence suggests otherwise, quite strongly, in my opinion. Even some of the smartest people I've met, when their ego has been hurt, out goes the logic, out goes the evidence, and in comes the defensiveness, the name-calling, the bringing up stuff from a year ago that isn't relevant to this conversation. Yeah, you don't want to bruise people's ego. So imply, this is just my opinion. I'm not saying that Kiritoko is wrong. But if you go down the path of implying that they're the idiot, it might work because it might... They might not have this, um, you know, bruised ego problem, but I think a lot of the masses, they will have that problem. Now, when I talk about old mate Papa Carnegie, who am I talking about? If you go to johnthebond.com, you go to Start, Resources, and this is publicly available, folks. There's so much content on johnthebond.com that is publicly available. Yes, a lot of my content these days is for the people who support it behind the so-called paywall. That is true. But there is, there's so much content. I've been doing this for seven years, folks. The, the website I created in 2016. So there is so much content there, podcasts, videos, articles, other resources that is available for free. You could go there and it would take you probably months to get through just the free stuff. And that is if you're dedicated to going through the stuff. And this is a good example of that. So if you go to start, resources, great quotes. Let's go to let's go to Dale Carnegie and find one of his quotes. This is the guy who wrote How to Win Friends How to Win Friends, I should say, and Influence People. Bear in mind that if you ever do read that book, You'll notice, I suspect, it's not really about winning friends or influencing people. It's about communication. How do we communicate to ourselves with our own minds? And how do we communicate our ideas to other people? And how do we try to best understand what other people are saying? It's really a book about communication. And of course, the best communicators, it turns out, tend to be better, all other things being equal, 
at making friends or getting along with people and influencing people, whether that is to buy what they're selling or to encourage them to make better decisions or whatever. The better the communicator that you are, the more influence you're going to have on other people around you, generally speaking. So it's called How to Win Friends and Influence People, but it's really about communication. And when I read it back in the day, we're talking more than 10 years ago now, it, uh, it was a good book for me to read at that time. I was early 20s and there were some things that I would do in social situations that were very good. I've always been good at asking people questions about themselves, taking an interest in them, listening to them. I've always been interested in people. So I had that part down pat. But there were other things that I was doing that were stupid. And I didn't realize that was stupid. Or there were things that I was not doing that I should have been doing more of. And I thought, that's a good point, actually. I'm going to try and practice that. And I found a very good book to read at the time. Now, there's a couple of quotes that I decided to turn into quote images, as you can see here. This one comes to us from old Papa Carnegie from 1936. So we're talking the best part of a century ago here. People think, oh, people are getting stupider today, which I think there is evidence to suggest that. But maybe this ego-driven defensiveness, this ability for humans to be brainwashed by whoever's around them or the media they're consuming, be it newspapers, radio, TV, social media, whatever, maybe this is not a new thing at all. Maybe humans have always been easily brainwashed and easily manipulated emotionally by the people who seek to do that. Take a look at this quote from old mate Papa Carnegie. He writes, When dealing with people, let us remember, we are not dealing with creatures of logic. We are dealing with creatures of emotion, creatures bristling with prejudices and motivated by pride and vanity. Yes, indeed, I believe this is true. I think this applies to almost all of us, including me. I like to think that I'm very objective and very logical and rational. But I, too, have emotions. I, too, have a quote-unquote ego. I, too, have a conception of myself and a certain desire for me as a person to continue as I am. So if it turns out, for instance that I've been wrong this whole time, that vegetables really are bad for you. Because I still believe probably, and this is just one example, I still believe probably vegetables are good for you to some extent. If I, and I still eat them. If I was to learn that actually overall vegetables are a net negative, I would like to think that I could weigh up the evidence, seek out more evidence, come to a conclusion and act upon it with no emotions involved. But I'm a human. So if I've been eating vegetables for the past 35 years, or thereabouts, whatever, I don't know how old I was when my mum took me from baby food to vegetables. What age? I don't even know how old you do that with kids. Like one year old, six months old? I don't know. But at some age, I started eating peas and carrots whenever. So if I found out that for the last 30 plus years, I've been eating wrong and harming myself, and I have found out that a food I actually do enjoy, there's so many vegetable-based dishes here in uh, beautiful Bulgaria. They have a bit of meat, but then I have lots of potato and peas and what have you. If I found out that I have to stop eating that stuff, Man, I would be disappointed. So it'd be a certain uh, harm to my... Because I, I think I'm so smart. Are you telling me that even though I've been doing this for seven or eight years or nine years, whatever the case might be, that I'm still wrong about such an essential thing, such as the food that I put in my mouth? What? The food that I put in my body? I've been harming myself all this time? There'd be a certain... Oh, man, I thought I was better than that. And then there'd be a certain... Oh, and this means I can't eat some of my favorite dishes here in beautiful, beautiful Plovdiv, Bulgaria. You know, so... So these emotional parts of us, of course they play some role in what we think we know about stuff or what we want to believe or what we listen to, whatever. I think we're all affected to some degree. I also think that those of us who've made it this far, who've worked out that we're being brainwashed by the, you know, capital T, the capital S science, we were believers in the science. I did very well at school, folks. I took chemistry. I took physics. I did very well in school. And I thought I knew so much. For me to be able to accept, actually, I was just being brainwashed. And all of those good marks that I got and all of that academic success that I had, it's all crap. 
I was just going to regurgitating nonsense. To be able to do that, and many of you guys have done something similar, that takes for us to be able to look past our ego or to get over our ego and admit, oh, you know what? Turns out I was wrong. Damn. <laughs> Shit. You know? So I like to think that those of us who can do that just accept that we were so wrong, we were brainwashed, effectively part of a cult, and then to leave that behind. That is evidence that we're probably less emotionally affected than, than the average normal person, the average Norman. Yeah, so I like to think that most of us who are here, we've, we've got a better ability to get past the, the vanity and the pride and the, uh, the, uh, the prejudices. But when dealing with the Normans, we must always bear in mind that these people are they're motivated by pride, vanity and prejudices. So to insult them, even just implicitly, that's, that wouldn't be my personal way to go about it. However, I do respect that that is the opinion of Kuri Tokyo. So the next comment was left by Far Mames. And he's talking in reply to the first comment. He's talking about the interesting coincidences that he brings up. He reads the room, tries to avoid the numbers. So Far Mames is replying to them. Far Mames is this person's name. They write, good approach. The numbers stuff is only obvious if you can see it. To those who can't, won't see it on your say-so. Many are turned off. Oh, he says too many. Is that right? No, those who can't those who can't see it won't see it just because you're saying so. And many are turned off automatically at even a whiff of a mention of it. Very true. Hellhorn replies, they most likely just agree with you so you stop talking to them about your conspiracies because they know you will only bring up quote-unquote facts that support your side and not give them an unbiased view. Okay, so this is an important point. I know some people who try and tell me, oh, JLB, the masses are waking up. And I'm like, watch it. What makes you say that? What leads you to that conclusion? And sometimes, and this has happened more than once, this has happened quite a number of times over the last few years, both online and in real life. I've had people say to me, oh, well, I was talking to my, this workmate of mine, or I was talking to this cousin of mine, or I was talking to this guy who I met when I was waiting in line at the post office, or whatever, right? And then, you know, by the end of the conversation, he was agreeing with me. And, um, and he actually saw the points that I was making, and, and you could see it. And I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, I generally don't say it out loud because I want to embarrass the poor fellow, but how do you know this person wasn't just agreeing with you to just get the hell out of there, to get out of that situation? You don't know that. The only way that you could believe that with evidence is if you meet that person again and now they're telling you stuff that they've gone and found, as in your conversation with them has led them to question stuff, helped them to question stuff, brought information into their sphere of knowledge, if you like, and then they've acted upon it by going and doing their own deprogramming, right? Because otherwise, all they're doing is parroting what you've said. Either they don't believe it and want to get rid of you. They, they do believe it, but only because you're the one telling them, and they'll forget it 10 minutes later. That also happens. They believe it, they don't believe it. What, what difference does it make? If you can meet them again a week or a month later, and nothing has changed, then, then nothing has changed. They're not waking up to anything, just because they seem to be agreeing with you on a certain topic. And I think this does happen a lot. I think this does happen a lot. And without getting too meta about the whole thing, when you read books like How to Influence and Influence People, you see that certain methods of interacting with people can lead them to agree with you in the moment. And you can practice these things talking to people. One of the things that Carnegie talks about is mirroring people. So, for instance, you're having a, a drink with them and you're there across from the table or whatever. We're having a meal or whatever the case might be, a coffee. And then you notice that they adjust themselves a certain way. Like, instead of resting their head on one hand, they rest it on the other or... Instead of having a certain uh, sitting uh, arrangement, a certain pose, they change pose, mirroring that to show them that you're, you're paying so much attention, you're even copying their body language, like you're, 
you know, you're in the zone with them to use, a, you know, just to use that. That's probably the best way to describe it. But you know what I'm trying to say? This idea of mirroring, it does work. Some of you know this, it does work, right? But if you use these different methods for communicating with people and you, and you win them to your way of thinking, I, this is just my opinion, it's just a temporary thing because nothing is changing within their mind. That's what matters. They might like you. They might think, oh, yeah, that was a very interesting conversation. So what? So what? If they, if they go back home and then turn on the, the 7.30 report or the 6 p.m. news or whatever and they believe that, oh, Putin's men are retreating from the, the Kharkonov region and uh, Ukraine are winning territory again and Zelensky. If they believe this crap, what, what have you really achieved? You know what I'm trying to say? It's almost a fool's errand. It's fool's gold to, uh, to think that, oh, just because you have convinced someone in the conversation that it's changed anything. To me, it's just foolish. Just my opinion. Okay, so let's go to the sun and the shadow. This is his reply to the OP. Because I asked in my OP, you might recall, what do you think happened when I asked my interlocutors, when I told my interlocutors about the 113s, the March 11s, the Novaks? I asked a question. I didn't give the answer. Now, let's have a look here. Can you guess the responses I got? when I shared these brief data points, the 113s and the dates and the what have yous. So let's go to the response. The sun and the shadow has written this in reply. <clears throat> Pardon me. He says, the responses, this is his guess. The barman tells you that we live in a simulation and proceeds to give you examples from the customers he has met over the years. Old mate, who is the other patron, he thinks you're both crazy tells you to bugger off and have another beer. He thinks it's all just a coincidence and proceeds to ignore you both and continue to play pool. That's his guess about what happened next. I'm not about to tell you what happened next, but that is his best guess. He then says, because he's got a little line underneath that, so now he moves on to the topic more broadly. Very well-written comment. He says, I rarely drop fringe takes. It's usually not worth it. People are set in their ways and their beliefs, and it usually does more harm than good. Give me some beers and some complete strangers or an anonymous internet forum, and I'll talk all night. But I'm not risking an established relationship with woo-woo. Very clever comment on both his guess as to how I was responded to by my interlocutors and his take on how often he drops his fringe takes. It's usually not worth it, he says, because people are stuck in their ways, they're set in their beliefs. So you're going to do more harm than good bringing up the, the fringe stuff. He says, give him some beers and some complete strangers, and he can talk all night. Or an internet forum with randoms, he can talk all night. But in terms of his friends, his family, uh, his regular acquaintances, his workmates, no, he's not going to bring this up because there's no overall benefit. I personally think that this is the smart way to go about it. This is my personal opinion. But I do know that some people have a very different opinion, which is that, no, you should wear your opinions on your sleeve. Openly express how you feel. If you have two workmates who are crapping on about the war in Ukraine and they ask you your opinion, well, they've asked you to tell them. If you think it's all fake, just say it's all fake. Or if you're at a family get-together, say it's a family um, Thanksgiving dinner, for argument's sake, and someone brings up the latest fake shooting and how horrible it is, if you really believe it's fake, just say to them, listen, that's fake, okay? That whole event is fake, don't worry about it. I know some people really believe this. They really believe that you should just, you know, be yourself, quote-unquote, whatever that means. You should just bring this stuff up to people who don't want to hear it. Now, I can... I think I can see an argument for, even though I disagree with that, I can see an argument for it because it's like, and I don't, I don't know if this is true, but I can see how it might be. If you just 
put the so-called real you, your real beliefs out there constantly, then over time you'll attract people who you can talk about this stuff with, people who are on the same level, the same wavelength. You can't just hide that part of you for random strangers at the bar or you know, who are just there for the one night before they move on to the next city or with a random stranger on the internet. You have to be this way around everybody. And the ones who don't like it, they'll leave your life. You're better off without them anyway. And if that means you one day find yourself with no acquaintances, no friends all alone, well, that's for the best too because it's better that way than having uh, Normans with their certain energies around you. I don't agree with that take, but I can see where they're coming from. My take is you're dealing with normal people. Normal people don't like their opinions being challenged. Even in this corner of the internet, people don't like it. Look how much heat I cop for challenging things like the missiles. These wingless missiles that can supposedly fly parallel to the ground and be targeted at targets over long distances, they're fake. They don't, they don't exist, in my opinion. They do not exist. When I released a 17-minute video about that back in 2017, the amount of heat that I copped from supposedly awake people, it was really staggering. And all I was challenging was what they think they know about these weapons they've never seen with their own eyeballs in action. No, they haven't. They might have been to an air show and seen a plane with one of these missiles supposedly attached to its wings. They didn't see it fight over a long distance hitting a target without wings. They didn't see that. They've never seen that, apart from movies and propaganda. Okay? But just because old JLB comes along and questions this one particular topic, oh boy, the heat. So if even people who pretend or claim... Pardon me, to be awake. They, they, they believe in their minds. They're awake. They question things. They're skeptical. They like to challenge their own... Even if they believe... These people who believe that don't really like having their beliefs challenged. Then what chance do you think the normies have? So why piss them off? Why piss people off? That's my logic. I don't like offending people. I don't like pissing people off. I don't like people getting defensive. It's bad energy, guys. It's bad juju. I'd rather just sit there, drink my water or drink my beer if I'm so lucky watch the sports ball, talk about sports ball. Or if it's a small talk, just do the small talk. I can handle a couple hours of small talk a night. Beyond that, beyond that, it's time for me to get my stuff and uh, walk on home. But if it's just for a couple of hours, man, just some small talk, it's, it's, it's no big deal. It's no big deal, you know? That's my personal opinion. Why? Whether it's workmates, family at a family reunion... Now, I guess for some people it's more difficult because they're spending time around the Normans like eight hours a day or ten hours a day. You know what I mean? If you've got a job that, you know, you're constantly listening to the Normans crap on about what they've just seen on their social media feed, I, I get that would be more difficult. And maybe it's harder to just keep from saying, come on, guys, that, that's another hoax, man. Do you really think that guy went in there and shot all those people? That would be more difficult. You know, if you hear someone be like, oh, did you hear about this asteroid? An asteroid almost hit Earth. It's, it came closer than any asteroid ever before. If you have to hear this crap all day for like eight hours a day, I can see why you'd be like, bro, why do you believe that story? What evidence do they give you it's real? What, what do you mean? Well, the news told you another meteor or asteroid or whatever almost hit Earth. What evidence do they give you? What do you mean what evidence? They had um, some guy from NASA was, was quite, yeah, so what, NASA? But what actual evidence have you got that this story is true? Well, well, they wouldn't lie. Like, why would they even lie about that? What are you talking about? What I'm talking about is... It's a story that you, that you read on your phone. Now you're telling me, but what's the actual evidence that it's real? What? what you, you just think everything's a conspiracy. Blah, blah, blah. I can see why it'd be hard to, to listen to these people tell you these just ridiculous stories that are based on zero evidence. 
Oh, that would be difficult. I'm very glad I don't have to put up with that nonsense. Goodness gracious me. Okay, so I then replied to uh, the Sun and Shadow. Because he gave a guess about what happened next. I'll tell you what happened next. Before I do, let's go and take a look at the live stream comments. Yeah, yeah, boy. We've got with us. How many people have we got with us right now? Why, we've got about 55, 56 people watching live right now. Let's go and take a look at the live stream comments here. Hold on a second. What if I press zoom over here? There, there we go. Now we're getting somewhere. Sorry, folks. It's going to just take me a moment to to uh, scroll back through the comments. We're getting quite a lot of comments here. Alright, let's take a look. Yeah, so Thirst for Truth wrote, I have no problem discussing fake events with people I know, even if they don't agree. I'm hesitant with people I don't know. I don't need some dupe calling for the red flag laws or Baker's Act scenario. That's a fair point. Any of the normies can, and most of them don't do this, but they can go full Agent Smith style and actually start getting rather aggressive. Maybe not physically. But they can start going to places in their minds and in their behavior, their conduct, that are just unpleasant for everybody in the vicinity. So especially if you're at a cafe or at a bar or whatever, at a pool hall even, as the case may be, the last thing you want is someone pulling the whole, what? But my, my uncle, his, his best mate came back missing his leg. Are you saying that's fake? Whoa, whoa, slow down there, brother. Just take, no, 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 no. You know, you don't want this nonsense happening. I mean, what good person wants to deal with this kind of energy? Especially without making too fine a point of it, people like me. I get enough hate on the internet from random nobodies, many of whom would never say any of this nonsense to me in real life. But I'm getting their negative energy. It's part of my reality. I get enough of this shit on the internet. Why do I want to put up with people going silly in real life? It's not worth the risk. And for someone like Thirst for Truth or for other people, who are dealing with the normies on a regular basis, either as customers, co-workers, family members, friends. Why do they want to risk that these people go nuts? It's not worth it. I totally get it. All right, so let's have a look here. Infinite Plan Society says that the ball lady was, or the lion's lady was hit in the throat. Did she say, I can't breathe? Or did the dude who got hit, the other guy who uh, Novak hit, did he say, I can't breathe? Interesting, isn't it? Interesting, because... That US Open where he got ejected in 2020, that was after the BLM riots. Because that was back in, I think, May was the BLM stuff. So all the lockdowns and, and what have you began around March. Then if memory serves, the BLM nonsense was circa May. And then in the, the US Open was in uh, August, I believe. We looked at before. So it would have fit in with the script, wouldn't it? If old Novak... He's upset that he just lost his service game, so it's now five all, and he goes to hit the ball, and then <laughs> right into the poor lady's throat, and she's like, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. We shouldn't joke about this, should we, guys? Shouldn't joke. This is very serious stuff, folks. There's an invisible body-possessing demon on the loose, and if you haven't taken your fifth booster of the holy water to repel this invisible body-possessing demon, if you haven't done that then you're putting Grandma at risk. And, in a better time and place, you would be put into camps for the safety of everybody else involved. Isn't it remarkable that just two years ago, there were seemingly, because they could have all been bots, but there were seemingly people all over the place saying, yep, put the non-vaxxed into camps. It's like, 
Are you listening to yourself, dude? Are you listening to what you just said? Unbelievably redacted. Alright, Tomanoid2 says killing grannies left and right with a tennis tra- with a tennis racket. Yeah, yeah, boy. Cubstar says that she couldn't breathe. Infinite Jack says 33. Auntie Meg says, JLB, this reminds me of the photo of football players a couple of weeks ago where all the players are kneeling except for number one, or, you know, except for one of them, number 33, standing in between the two refs turned sideways so their numbers didn't show. I'm not sure, Auntie Meg, if you're, if you're referring to that, um, was it Damar? Damar? I forget his name. Was it Damar Hill? Something like this. The dude who, at least ostensibly, at least officially, went to tackle some dude in the NFL a couple of weeks ago. He was a Buffalo Bills player, if I recall. And then he apparently suffered some kind of heart problem, some kind of serious heart problem on the ground and had to be, um, you know, sought, had to, had to be uh, dealt with medically. Some medical people had to come and help him. And then there were some images following that that showed a couple of conspicuous 33s in frame. I think that's what you're referring to there, Annie Meg. Of course, there were people saying, oh, look, this is evidence the Buffalo Bills are going to win the Super Bowl. Well, they didn't even make it to the Super Bowl, did they? So a lot of this gematria stuff or these people claiming to be able to make predictions, I'm very skeptical, folks. Very skeptical indeed. And of course, the people who believe in, let's just say, broadly, generally, that there's some guy out there and he claims to be very good at Jamatra and he claims to be consistently predicting the winners of the Super Bowl and the MLB uh, postseason, what have you. And he has all of these fans and patrons and he's making good money, you know, and, and fair play to him, fair credit to him. He's, he's been working on this for 10 years now. If he's making some money, living a comfortable life and entertaining his audience, I say good on him. There's no problems there. The thing is, how many of his loyal fans do you think are actually keeping track of everyone his predictions? And noticing that the dude is making so many predictions every year that some of them are bound to come right. Probably none of them. And so if you come along and say, hey, bro, let's go through his list of predictions because like, I've, I've kept track, I've kept a record of them. Not just the things he's now saying that he's been predicting, post facto, but what he's been predicting the whole time. Do you notice how actually, if you were to bet on all his predictions, you'd be down right now, actually. But he's claiming you'd be up because he's only telling you now about the ones that turned out right. He's not telling about the ones that turned out wrong. Well, that fan is going to get offended because in their mind, they have found someone to show them the way, the light, the truth, an easy means to make money, they believe. And so they're not going to listen to anything you have to say because they, they now idolize this man who has supposedly cracked the code, you see. This is just how humans are. And once you understand it, everything changes. Everything changes. Now, Arnie Meg's next comment, in fact, she confirms what I'd uh, written, what I'd said, actually. Like, in other words, I should have read both of her comments because she went into more detail in the second one. It says this. This is reminding me. She says, the, F, the football player supposedly had a heart attack, except it all looked fake, and they even supposedly put him on an airplane. Well, I'm going to confess, I didn't look too far into the Damar uh, incident. I did see a couple of clips, and it did look rather conspicuous to me. But was it real? Was it fake? I don't pretend to know. I wouldn't be surprised either way. If I had to guess right now, hmm, if I had to guess, hmm, let me think about it. We'll come back to that. All right, Tomanoid2 says, on the 1st of March, Djokovic equaled Federer's open era record of 310 weeks at world number one and subsequently surpassed it. 
That was in 2021. Now, that is very interesting because that would mean that on the 8th of March, so as close to 311 as you can get, he would have been 311 weeks at world number one. I didn't even know about Tominoid. But this is more evidence that goes to the theory of mine, that this is not being quote-unquote scripted. There's no cabal or shady group of secret people scripting these things, telling the professional tennis players what to do. No, I think it's much bigger than that. I think the consequences, the corollaries, the insights that come from realizing what's really going on go much deeper. It's actually... Like it's one of those, if only you knew how bad things really are, or how good things really are. This is not necessarily a bad thing. What if the universe, there's enough little Easter eggs in this place, this realm that we call Earth, universe, reality, life. What if there's enough little Easter eggs that for those of us who want to realize what's going on, it's all there right in front of us? And what if those of us who've connected those dots we're actually slowing down our own progress when we try and talk about these things or share these ideas with people who are not currently ready and may never be ready to realize what's really going on. I think about this sometimes, folks. You better believe I think about it. Yes, indeed. Okay. And, of course, I talk about it sometimes at johnthebond.com. Make sure that you're on that free mailing list. It takes 10 seconds to join. You cannot join JohnTheBond.com now as a member. It's been closed for some months. And I did say I was going to close it, and then I did close it. And about 30 people joined just in the last week before I closed it. So they were like, well, uh, if it's going to be closed for some long period of time, let me join right now. That's what a lot of people did. And it's still closed to this day, and it will be for some time to come. But if you jump on the free JLB mailing list, I can still send out good content that I can't put on YouTube. I can still send it to you for free. So go to that link in the info box below, or go to JohnTheBond.com and find the mailing list takes 10 seconds to join, and I promise I do not spam anybody with that mailing list. You won't get spam. Because some people get mailing lists, and they just spam it, trying to sell shit all the time. I don't have anything to sell, but I can send out content. So make sure you're on that free, chubby mailing list. It'll be especially handy if and when I get kiboshed by YouTube. But I don't think I will. I, I got kiboshed a few years ago, and since then I've been more careful what I say on YouTube and save some of the juicy stuff for johnthebond.com, which YouTube cannot kibosh. And I don't think they're going to kibosh me. But just in case, folks, you want to be on that free, chubby mailing list. Alrighty. Rocco Calzone says that million dollar ballerinas are all professional sports athletes. And I think what he means is professional sports athletes are all million dollar ballerinas. Fair enough. Uh, we've got so many comments coming through, guys. I'm trying to get through them here. J O R E, so I think it's pronounced Jaw, says, Are you parents' normies? And they don't know what you do. Let me read that again. I think because he's misspelled the word you, but I think what he's saying is, are your parents, as in me, normies, and do they know what you do? That is an excellent question. And there's a few layers to it, which I can't really go into. But what I can say is that my parents do know that I'm a conspiracy podcaster. I don't think they listen to any of my material. I don't think they're interested at all. And I think if it was up to them, I never would have gotten into any of this. I would have gotten a normal job, I would have stayed in Melbourne, and I would have got a wife, had kids, got a mortgage, and just lived a normal life. I think they'd be, <laughs> I think it was up to them. That's what I would have done. But fortunately, from a very young age, they basically let me do whatever I want, because I was a very mature, well-behaved kid, and they had their own... They had other kids to worry about. I come from a very big family. I was the oldest of my family. 
So they had other kids to worry about. They had jobs to worry about. They had their own lives to worry about. So the fact that I was old enough to just take care of myself and never bother them from a very young age was convenient for them. And the benefit was they never told me what to do or what not to do. I was very free. So I kind of feel lucky in that sense. Whereas I know a lot of people, they don't have, like they couldn't even choose what, to, what they were going to study at university. They had no choice. You have to go to university. I even knew some people at university, their parents told them, you're going to study accounting, or you're going to study medicine. Or, they had no real freedom. <clears throat> and a lot of these people were also um, dependent on their parents financially. So, you know, whereas me, dude, I moved out of home is within, within literally two days of having enough money, like I had a job. I was working all through uni. I was working through high school even. And as soon as I had enough money to move out of home, I was out of there. Bang. And uh, yeah, never depended on my parents at all. And I'm, I look back grateful for that. But then again, maybe I'd be happier today if I did have parents who were more, uh, you must go to uni, you must study, uh, you know, you've got good enough marks to study medicine. You have to go and study medicine and you have to uh, become a doctor and like, I doubt it. I really doubt it. But you never know. You never know. So uh, I hope that answers your question. Are they normies? Yeah, of course they are. Of course they are. Uh, I can, in fact, I consider most people in the so-called truth scene to be normies. They just LARP on the internet as being awake. But as soon as the live stream ends, or as soon as the comment session closes, or as soon as they log out of Reddit, they go back to watching So You Think You Can Dance. They go back to scrolling through TikTok. They go back to uh, salivating over the burgers that are advertised for a Wendy's advertisement during a football match. They go back to arguing with their partner about some trivial bullshit, right? The, the so-called truth scene is just a LARP for most people who are here, in my honest opinion. So even most of the people here are considered to be normies. And I'll tell you another thing. Anybody who just parrots that this event was a hoax or that these things don't really exist, but they do none of their own real research, they don't ever present any of their own synthesized findings, I have no way of knowing if they're just a parrot or if they actually are thinking for themselves. And I'll tell you one more thing as well. And I've said this many times. I've got no problem with the normies. The vast majority of them, especially in this country, they're nice people. They're harmless people. They're decent people. Especially in this country. But even in Australia. Even in Australia, which there are more dickheads in that country per capita than there are here. A lot more. Uh, still, the average person, they're just, they just want to live their lives. They're, they're no problem. you know. And a lot of them are happy living their lives. So I've got no problem with the normies uh, at all. The vast majority of the time. And there are a lot of normies out there. If I had a choice between them as a neighbor and some of the people in this so-called truth scene, I'd choose the normies. Because some people here are very angry and they are very acerbic. They are very quick to anger and to insults. It's just a really horrible thing. Not, not everybody. There's some very good people here. Some of the best people I've met in my whole life I met through this scene. Don't get me wrong. And some of them are listening right now with the live on delay. Don't get me wrong. But there are a lot of people in this corner of the internet. I wouldn't want to be within 100 feet of them. Whereas a lot of the normies, I'm hanging out with them on a regular or semi-regular basis. It's not a problem. So I hope that answers your question. Epic Souls in the live stream chat says, most poisons are plant-based. Most don't realize that plants have defense mechanisms, defense mechanisms, I should say, because they don't want to be eaten. Okay, so what I, I heard about this theory a few years ago, Epic Souls. And I don't know if it's true, but it kind of makes sense to me that vegetables or certain things that, that humans eat, that they... Uh, have farms for to grow in these big collections. These things that humans grow, these things that grow from the ground, they're living 
And just like a lot of living things, they have their own defense mechanisms. So when humans come along and cut them and eat them, they're also eating whatever the plant produces to stop us from eating them. Yeah, so the cabbage or the asparagus or the banana or the orange or whatever the case might be, it doesn't, this is how the theory goes. Some of, some of these fruits or vegetables have their own defense mechanisms by way of some kind of chemical that they either release or they include within them to discourage humans from eating them. And so by eating these fruits and vegetables, fruits and or vegetables or certain fruits or certain vegetables, by eating them, you think you're doing the right thing because they're nutritious, but actually you're also eating the poisons or some kind of toxic element to them that's harmful for humans. I've heard that theory. I've never looked far enough into it to decide whether it's real or a hoax, but I'm open-minded. That would not surprise me if that were true. That would not surprise me at all if that were true, Epic Souls. That's one of those things I really should spend more time looking into. I really should. Simon says, says, because his name is Simon says, so Simon says, says, waking up is half the battle, not falling back asleep is again the other half. Z, that's a very good comment, Simon. How many times have we seen this, Simon says, where either you'll be talking to someone or you'll know someone who knows some things who talk to someone and there's this excitement because, hey, this guy, he didn't know about the insert fake shooting. And then I just showed him a video of one of the well, I'm not going to say it. And he, he saw that the guy was laughing. And now he's questioning if the event was real. And they get very excited. And then you meet that person. Or, or you meet your friend's friend again a month later, a week later. And it's like, it looks like the conversation never happened. I saw, I'll tell you a story that I, I knew a guy one time. In fact, I even lived with him for a few months. He was, I think six months, he lived, I had a share house. And then when some, I was kind of responsible for it. So, like I was on the lease. So I was kind of like subletting, if you like to, you know, quote unquote. So if one housemate moved out because their, uh, their six months was up or their 12 months, whatever period of time they were there for was up. In fact, I had a French guy stay me once. Um, he was a exchange student. And so when his five or six months were up, whatever it was, I had to go and find someone new. And so I knew a guy and he was looking for somewhere to live. I was like, dude, timing's perfect. Come and move in when the old Frenchie mate moves out. I think that was what happened. I think that was the time he took the French's room or whatever the case. So I lived with this guy for six months. He was a cool dude, very smart dude. A few years younger than me, but back then I was only, what, 20, 26, I think I was back then, 25. He would have been 22. So only a few years difference. And um, he wasn't as... I mean, yeah, I mean, we were close enough in age. We got along, no problems. Very smart dude, very talented musician, these kinds of things. And, uh, and he, he, he was studying some kind of computer science or some kind of uh, software engineering or something. So he knew about coding. Remember one time I showed him the story about how many lines of code were involved in the... Was it the Mars lander? This is back in, say, 2015. 2015, so what are we now? Eight years ago. Oh, so I would have been more close to 26, 27, I think. So he would have been 23, 24. Because there's only a couple of years' age difference from memory. You know, the point of my story is... So he knew a thing or two about computer programming, you know, coding. This idea of whatever it is that the computer's doing or that the machine is doing, it is dependent on these lines of code and these if-or statements and all the other things, all the other loops and what have you. It's all dependent on line after line after line of code. And the more sophisticated the machine or the more sophisticated the uh, computations, just using these words very broadly, guys, I'm not a computer programmer, but you know what I'm trying to say here. The more sophisticated it is, the more complex, and the more lines of code you're going to need. Oh, sure, it's common sense. And then there was some story, I don't have it ready now, so don't quote me on this, but just speaking in general terms, there was some story about how many lines of code were involved in whether it was the lunar, the original lunar lander, or one of these more recent Mars landers, 
And I showed it to him and he was like, that's not enough lines of code. And I'm like, well, I wouldn't know. He's like, no, that... And he wasn't a conspiracy theorist in any money uh, stretch of imagination. He was, he was um, open to hearing stuff. He didn't get triggered by stuff, but he was no, uh, by no means a conspiracy theorist. And I remember when I showed him uh, this particular story and he realized a problem based on his own knowledge of computer programming, that the, the official story just did not make sense. Like it couldn't possibly be that this machine could have such a limited uh, code base or whatever the word is. You know, he just bursting into laughter, like like a, an hysterical laughter. And I was like, well, this... At the time, I thought, well, this is... Maybe we're making some progress here, you know? He was like, no, there's no way this could be real and, and what have you. I'm like, well, you know, I'm not, this is just a story. I don't even know if it's true, you know? But look into it yourself. Fast forward, whether it was a few days, a few weeks, a few months, it was like that had never happened. That whole experience had never happened. And we got... Like I said, we're going back. Was it 2015 or... I can't even remember. We're going back a long time. So... My memory isn't perfect of the whole thing. But what I just do remember is, at one point it looked like the dude had sort of seen through the illusion. But given enough time and, and he had not seen through the illusion, you know what I'm trying to say? And I think we've all seen something like this as well. Maybe we've all been guilty of it. Maybe if we burrow down, deep down into our memory banks, we'll remember a time when we did see a certain truth. Maybe not even a conspiracy truth. Maybe something more personal in our own lives. And we, we did accept, yeah, there's a certain truth here. But then we slept on it. Maybe we went out and got drunk or whatever. And then we just kind of pretended that we didn't know, that we didn't see or hear what we thought we saw or heard, whether it was to do with uh, someone we cared about or somebody who we knew and wished the best for or maybe some of our own conduct. Like we sort of, yeah, I, geez, I really need to stop doing that or I need to start doing this. Like, yeah. Yeah, but I'm going to make some changes. And then the next day, we kind of pretend we never had that epiphany or that uh, self-realization. Maybe as humans, we're good at this. We can sort of see something, but then become blind again, either consciously or subconsciously. Maybe. I'm just putting the idea out there. That's what I do, folks. I'm John Bond from beautiful Plovdiv, Bulgaria. I put the ideas out there, and my hope is that by putting these ideas out there, if nothing else, it might encourage other people to question what they think they know, and they can come back and question me. Yeah, but JLB, how about this? And I might be, you know what? I hadn't thought about that, actually. I have to go and look into that. Or I might be, you know what? I have thought about that, but I haven't thought hard enough about it. Give me a moment. I want to reconsider my views on this. I like challenging my views and my beliefs because I've been wrong about so many things, folks. I've been wrong about so many things. It's really crazy. I used to genuinely believe that my body was made of atoms and that atoms were made of a small little nucleus, protons and neutrons with these electrons spinning around, making an electron shell, and therefore, my body was mostly empty space. I used to genuinely believe that. I used to genuinely believe that. Can you believe that? Can you believe that I believed that? Because I did. I did. It's true. Back in year 11, year 12, I took physics and chemistry, and this is the crap that we're taught. This is the absolute nonsense that we are taught. I fully believed it, and I was wrong. That was a long time ago. I've been wrong about things... More recently than that. I could sit here and list off a whole bunch of them, but I won't. But take my word for it, I've been wrong about a lot of things. So God knows what I'm wrong about today. Could be anything. So if I can get, if I can put out content two hours a week here at the No Poll Review and encourage people to question what they think they know, and they can come back and say, well, I've thought about it. Here's what I think. What do you think about this, JLB? Or what do you think about this? Somebody else who leaves a comment. We just have this big group conversation. I see this as being a beneficial thing. I hope so. I hope you're enjoying this here at JohnTheBond.com. 
and the John LeBon YouTube channel. This is the No Pole Review number two. We're coming towards the end of the show, folks. I'm going to do two-hour shows. Coming towards the end of it. But I'll try and read the rest of these comments. Let's see. Z Truth says, I love it that you put up a Tuesday show, John. Well, I appreciate that. And this will be every Tuesday going forward for the foreseeable future. 4 p.m. US Eastern Time on a Tuesday. Uh, 11 p.m. local time here in beautiful Plovdiv, Bulgaria. 8 a.m. On the, on the Australian East Coast. So Melbourne, Sydney. Melbourne, Sydney. And they're in summer, so not Brisbane, because they don't have daylight savings time. I should know. I lived there for seven years. Goodness gracious me. So I think that's a good time for everybody. And the shows might be one hour. They might be two hours. It just depends. Maybe sometimes I'll be going over time. And if you can't be here late, then the next day I will rip these things to MP3 and I'll upload them. They will be missing the dead air at the beginning and the end because whenever I start these shows, there's always a little bit of sort of waiting for the stream to kick in. I'll clean it all up. It'll sound very nice, the MP3 version. And these will be available at the moment through John LeBond uh, website and the John LeBond Podbean. But I do plan to create. And how much does it cost to create a new website and a little pod? What, 100 bucks, 50 bucks? It's really not that expensive, I think. I'll uh, create a new website dedicated to the Conspiracy No Pole subreddit. And there I will put these shows. And they'll all be available one after the other. So you just go and check them out. Uh, if you are interested in these kinds of conversations. And in the future, we might even get some guests. I might say to the people on the Conspiracy No Pulse subreddit, come and join me. We might have two or three people on a call. We can go through the comments on a particular subreddit thread of Conspiracy No Pulse, And then I can just say to the people live on the call. So, we just read the OP. What do you think about that? And there might be a guy on the call named, uh, let's call him Paulie. And Paulie's like, well, I'm glad we're looking at this particular thread. Because when it was posted a week ago, I thought the OP was an idiot. But since then, I've come to learn something. And then, so on and so forth. We might have on the call, we might have uh, Jack. And Jack might be like, nope, this is a crap thread. Let me tell you why. Then we start discussing the different comments that are left. And that's the whole idea of this. And we read the live stream comments. Who knows where this show might go? We can go, I mean, it's really going to come down to what people want and what they want to do, what they want to participate in and what they want to hear more of. And I'm all open to suggestions, guys. JohnTheBond123Gmail.com. You can contact me on Reddit as well. You can find me on the Conspiracy No Pulse subreddit. You can send me a private message if you like, or you can... Start a thread there as well. It's uh, very easy to get hold of me uh, online. In real life, not so easy. I'm here in beautiful Plovdiv, Bulgaria. And uh, even I barely even know where I live these days. So probably a hard dude to find, I would have thought. Unless you want to find me. I've had people from around the world come and stay here in beautiful Plovdiv, Bulgaria. A guy I've known on the internet for, let's see now, five years? At least five years. He's come and, He came and stayed with me here in beautiful Plovdiv, Bulgaria for like four weeks, six weeks. It was epic. That was during the summer. And then I went and met people I met through the internet. I went to Estonia to meet Hando from Estonia. I flew to freaking Estonia. Who the hell even can put that place on a map? Seriously. I think the average Australian, if you showed them a map of Europe and said, okay, Estonia is somewhere around here. Can you find it? Some of them could. Some of them would be like, can you give me a hint? Yeah, it's in the east. Maybe then they'd get it. But I've been to Estonia specifically to meet a guy who I met through doing this stuff on the internet. Can you believe that? Really cool guy as well. Had the time of my life. I flew to England a couple months ago. Another dude I met through all of this, had never met him in real life before. Went to his place, he looked after me like we were long-lost friends. So I've met some wonderful people here through the internet, and it has been terrific. And so if you ever hear me say that I think a lot of the so-called truth movement is full of some rather uh, negative people, some of them even nefarious, that is true. However, for me personally, that is overshadowed by the positivity from some of the good people. And that's one of the reasons why I keep coming back. Let me just come back to this comment here. Z-Truth says, I love you put up this show on a Tuesday. Yes, like I said, 4 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time is the plan going forward. History Buried says that vegetables are man-made. I do believe that is largely the official story. Not just vegetables, but fruit as well. For instance, 
bananas, the Cavendish banana. Apparently, even according to the official story, that's not a real... Like, you won't find that growing in nature. That's been specifically bred to be sweet. I don't know if that's true, though. Makes sense to me, though. So, Sean Hamer's in the chat. Not to be confused with John Hamer, of course, as we discovered last week. He says, hello, John. Hello to you as well, Sean. Von Goh says Hamlin. The guy's name was Damar Hamlin. Yes, that's right, Damar Hamlin. Thank you for letting me know that. Let's see, who else have we got in here? Scotty Smith says that Zach Havard is the real deal concerning Gematria. Okay, Scotty Smith, let me ask you this. And I didn't use Havard's name specifically earlier on, but since you bring him up, and I was kind of, I mean, let's be honest, I was describing, uh, you know, the general Havard uh, shtick, wasn't I? Do you believe he can accurately predict who's going to win the Super Bowl ahead of time? If so, what's your, how do I put this? How accurate is he? So if you took his predictions, suppose Hubbard made, for argument's sake, 100 predictions about different sporting events over the course of a year. Because it could be more or less, I don't know. But to use a round number, suppose Hubbard made 100 predictions. In your mind, how many of those would you expect to come true? In your mind. Let me know, please, Scotty, in the live stream chat. I'll read out your response. Let's just say that Hubbard made 100 predictions about this... um, NFL match or that NFL match or this basketball match or this tennis match or this golf event or this Olympic whatever the case might be or this World Cup whatever the case might be let's suppose that you could keep track of all of Habar's predictions and it turned out that he made 100 of them in any given calendar year how many of them would you expect based on your confidence in Habar to turn out correct let's just say oh and to keep the question simple Suppose that Hubbard made multiple predictions about the same event, which does seem to be what happens sometimes, either intentionally or not, his first prediction on any given event. Or, to make it even better, his, his final prediction prior to the event taking place, because maybe he changes his mind, which is fair enough. If he makes multiple predictions about one event, take the one that he made closest to, the one that he documented closest to the event in question. Out of 100, what do you think? Now... I think it's possible. I'm open-minded to the idea that Hubbard actually can uh, make more predictions that are accurate than inaccurate and make money. I'm open to it. I just haven't seen the evidence. And it should be easy to document this. You make a prediction, you put it up on a big public spreadsheet, or you put it up somewhere where people can see it, where they can screenshot it so it can't be changed. And then you just go through one by one by one, and you can keep track of not just the uh, prediction, but also the odds at the time of prediction. Because some predictions are more outlandish than others. Some are more... They're locks, even without Gematria. This team is going to beat this other team because one's top of the ladder, one's bottom. You know what I'm trying to say? So look at the odds, and then through simple mathematics, you can determine, is this guy just beating random chance? Okay? And you, don't, you don't need to have studied statistics at university to be able to do this. Some of us, including me, have studied statistics at university, but you don't need to have done that. Simple mathematics will help you determine, is he actually beating random chance? Now, I hope that he is. I hope that I'm sitting here in six months' time and I'm eating humble pie because someone has demonstrated it and they've made a ton of money and I'm embarrassed and I have to send Habad a public apology, whether he cares or not. I would, for my own reasons, have to make a public apology saying, guys, I kind of implied that Habad is not beating random chance, but the evidence says that he is. All kudos to this guy. I'm going to be following his picks from now on. I would happily do that. I hope that is the case. I really hope someone has cracked the code here. That would be freaking awesome. But when I was following some of Hubbard's work a couple of years ago, 
that wasn't the impression that I got. The impression I got was that a lot of people don't keep track of their bets. You see, I love gambling, but I keep track of my bets in spreadsheets. I've got a very detailed file going back years of my gambling. I know where I win. I know where I lose. I'm very good at it, and I enjoy it, especially because I'm winning. When I first started, I wasn't so good at it, and I wasn't really betting very much. But over time, I still not betting very much, but over time, I feel like I've come up with my own formula to win at Australian rules betting, and it's not to do with Jamatrius. I've got a different uh, system. But the point of my story is I keep track of my bets. I know when I'm losing and winning, when I'm winning. Most gamblers don't. And they just remember, these are the problems with have problem with gambling. They remember the wins, they don't really remember the losses. And they don't realize they're actually down. They can be down a couple hundred bucks for the year, they can be down a couple thousand. Some people, it's really problematic, they can be down into the five figures. And these are just regular people. I've known some folks. I've met a lot of people in my time. I've met a lot of people. I've lived a lot of places. I've lived in Melbourne. I've lived in Brisbane. I spent five months in Africa. I spent two years in Asia. I've now spent two years in Eastern Europe. Okay, I've lived quite a life. For someone who's only 35 years old, I've seen a lot of the world. I've met a lot of the people. And you can imagine someone like me who does usually, not recently, but usually enjoys a beer, enjoys some sports ball, enjoys some gambling. You can bet I've met some people. And I've met some guys with some serious gambling problems. Gambling can be a serious problem for some people. It's a great shame. And so the people who don't track their bets, they might remember, oh, there was that time I put 200 bucks on the Bengals because... Uh, Hubbard said so. And it won me 1200 bucks, right? They'll remember that. They won't remember the time they put 100 bucks on the Yankees and they lost. And the 100 bucks that they put on the Bills and they lost. Like, they're not going to remember all of that. They might kind of remember, but it's not forefront of their mind. And so they think they're up when really they're down. I suspect all these people who come out to support uh, Hubbard, this is the case. They're not really keeping track. And the easy way to disprove me, folks, is to keep track. Use Twitter to do it. Or use a publicly accessible Google spreadsheet. Or create your own website. I mean, there's a million ways you can do this. And then just track your bets before the event. Here is the prediction. Here are the odds. And just do this. And just keep doing it. And then after 10 events, 20 events, the more events, the better. The bigger the sample size, the more accurate we can say our, our uh, predictions about future outcomes will be. Or the more accurate we can say that our assessment of the, of the probability is. Just keep doing this. 30 events, 40 events. Let's see. But you have to be recording this before the event. And you have to be making one prediction. You can't predict that Team A is going to win. Then later predict Team B is going to win. Then later predict a draw. Now, I'm not going to say who I saw do this. You know, I can't say that. It was Zachary K. Hubbard. He did this with the Super Bowl a few years ago. Okay? Now, I hope I'm wrong. And I'll admit that I'm wrong. If I'm wrong. But I'm not. I don't think I am. I could be. Bring me the evidence. I hope, I hope that you, Scotty Smith, and I hope that Zachary K. Hubbard and all of his followers, as many as possible, have made bank. That would be so cool. Because you're winning from the betting agencies who I don't... Um, You'll never hear me defend them. So I hope you guys are all making... I hope you guys are collectively making millions of dollars from these Jumatri. I really do. I really do. I'd be so happy for all of you. I'd be so happy to be sitting here looking like I've got egg on my face. Seriously, I'd be so happy. Yeah, you have no idea how happy I'd be for you guys. But I don't think that's the case. Now, we are after two hours. I'll go a little bit over time tonight, guys. I'll go a little bit over time. Why not? 
let's take a look here. Uh, Von Go says, most of my friends bet on sports. It's a huge industry. You better believe this. It and it's becoming more so. Sports, just in the last 10 years in Australia, sports betting has just become... Uh, it's everywhere. The advertisements are everywhere, man. It's crazy. And I can see how people get addicted. I really can. And um, I just... It'd be so cool if more people did just keep spreadsheets. It's not that hard. You know what I mean? And the spreadsheet doesn't lie to you. You can see... You can see not just how much you're winning and losing. It's not hard to make spreadsheets either. To see how much you're winning or losing at any given time. But to see where you're winning and losing. So for me, for instance, there's one sport where I know that I win. There's a couple of sports where I know that I really should just stop betting on them because I'm hopeless, right? I still do bet on them. I I mean, I'll give you an example. English football. I just suck at (laughs) I just suck at betting on English football. Which is why I put the minimum bets on that I can for that. Because I wanted someone to cheer for. The blue team or the yellow team. So I need to bet on somebody. Even if it's just a nominal $1 bet, I don't care. I need to bet on somebody. But over the course of all the bets, generally I'm down. I'll win some, I'll lose some, but generally I'm down. Um, at least on this particular EPL season. And um, yeah. And that's the great thing about spreadsheets. You can actually see where you're winning and losing. But most people don't do that. And that's why they get taken... To the, that's why they get taken to the cleans by the sports books. Because you had better believe the sports books have got uh, well-trained people in statistics and in computer science, and they've got the data at their fingertips so they can know exactly where they stand at any given time. And that's how come they can ban the successful gamblers. People who do bet high amounts of money and win, they get, just get banned. I think the only reason why I've, uh, you know, What's the word? Um, Flown out of the radar is because I still bet small amounts. Even on Aussie football, which I think I'm very good at betting on, even that I don't bet that much on. Because um, I don't have much money. I'm, a, I'm poor. I only bet what I can afford to lose. If I had a proper job and made a proper money, oh boy, could I make some big bets and uh, hopefully win, you would think. You would hope on the Aussie football. But yeah, anyway, sports gambling. I've got mixed feelings about it because I love it and I do well from it overall. But I know people who it really has messed them up. And I think that's going to become more common, more commonplace. You know what I mean? And who's behind it all? Well, I would argue the same people who are behind everything else. But I can't say who they are. You know I can't say that. All right. Von Gogh says, if Zach Hubbard can, can know the score to sports games beforehand, he has an infinite money printer. There would be zero reason for him to sell his system if it truly worked. He'd make more on his own. Interesting point, Von Gogh. Interesting point. Of course... There are a lot of sports books that will ban you if you're too successful. So you could make the case that he got, he's been so successful that he's been banned from all of the professional sports books. So now he can make more money just selling his method to other people who haven't been banned yet. You could make that case. But for me to believe it, I need to see evidence that he's been banned from the, the professional bookmakers. Maybe that evidence exists. I'm not sure. I haven't followed his work for a long time. But um, in the absence of seeing that evidence, I mean, why, if he's as good as some people believe he is, how come he has not been banned? If he has been banned, where's the evidence? I want to see it. Okay, let's take a look here. T Dog135 says, LOL, JLB description of Normans. Lord Rollo from Newcastle, Australia says, G'day, JLB. Remember me? Do you want a $1,000 super chat? Uh, you can't super chat me. This, there's no super chat function here, Rollo. I appreciate the offer, though. Maybe in the future, I will come back to Australia. Save your money. Maybe one day I'll come back to Australia and hopefully by then I am drinking again because I'm not at the moment, but hopefully by then I am 
and we can head down to a, one of the local watering holes in Newcastle, and the first round can be on you. How's that sound? That, that'd be enough support from you, I would think. Watering Chris says, Rollo in the house. Tim Osmond says, and this is the other Tim Osmond, not Infinite Plane Society. Oh, apparently Tim Osmond is a programmer. There you go. Interesting. Lord Rollo says, are you taking calls, JLB? Uh, you know what? Um, why not? I'm going to wrap this call up at 1.30 local. So we've got 25 minutes. I'll have you on the call, Rollo. However, if you're drunk, I have to cut you off. You can't take that personally. That's not me judging you or calling you a bad person. But if you are inebriated, I don't think the audience here of the Conspiracy No Poll Review number two on, as we've just ticked over into February 1, 2023, I don't think they want to uh, to hear that. So let me know in the live stream chat if you are on your first bottle of vodka. Even on the beginning of your second is okay, but if you're willing to that second bottle of vodka, bro, uh, it's not going to work. It's not going to be a good thing, I wouldn't have thought. Suzette Ann says, if Zachary was so good at predicting winners, then why does he need any patrons to beg for money? Fair question. Rorschach5 says, what's up, JLB? We missed you. Um, I, I didn't go anywhere. I'm still here in beautiful Plovdiv, Bulgaria. I'm still producing a ton of content for JohnLeBond.com for the members who support and make it all possible. And I'm now going to be here producing this, I think, between one and two hours a week. This might be a bit over time this time, but generally one to two hours a week for the No Poll review. And this will be every week. And of course, I'm always there at Conspiracy No Poll. I'm creating threads, responding to the other people's threads, promoting the uh, subreddit on other subreddits, trying to grow the place. So uh, I'm never too far away, at least in the online sense. Uh, Eccentric Views says, hello, JLB, you're the best. Well, thank you, Eccentric Views down there in Melbourne. He's another dude I've met in real life. I have met Eccentric Views in real life. In fact, we went up on the International Space Station back in the day. Good times. Good times. All right, so I've just caught up with the comments. How many people are watching live right now? About 50 people watching live from around the world. Yeah, yeah, boy. Let me just read a couple more comments from the original thread. Oh, yeah, so what happens? So I told my interlocutors that about the 113 and what have you, and then, um, yeah, I just got those. Well, for one of them, I got that blank stare, and from the other one, he just started that stupid laughter, like, like that, you know, that, that laughter's like, um, oh, you're crazy, or... Oh, come on. I think he even said, come on. What was he said something like that. Started laughing. He's like, oh, come on, man. Or, oh, what? You don't really believe... Yeah, something like that. You know, it was... Um, what's the word for it? When some, incredulous. Like an incredulous kind of laugh. You know what I mean? Tim, the whole thing is just crazy. These are the kinds of normies that I interact with. And I generally don't bring up this kind of stuff. Because God love them, God bless them. These are Normans. They're never going to be anything other than Normans. They seem happy enough as Normans. We can get along as Normans as long as I don't bring up any of my crazy theories. And yeah, what's the problem? No harm, no foul. You know? That's the way I see it. Let me know what you think in the comment section below. Yeah, yeah, boy. All right. So MCU Itra says, this is back on the Conspiracy No Pulse subreddit. I joke about astrology in a way that I know too much about it comes up even at work sometimes not an actual example but suppose someone mentions a coincidence me i'll say something like it's almost how saturn and pluto were in opposition on 9 11 and had moved into conjunction for 3 11 that's interesting all right so correlator writes all the time that is all the time he brings up this stuff with the normies 
as much as I can get away with. Small talk bored me to tears even when I was a normie. Trying to act like a normie now is damn near impossible. You can probably guess how my social life is going these days. Well, not just you, Correlator, but a lot of this. Let me try and say this word again. There's a lot of people in this scene. They don't have as many friends or acquaintances or as big a social circle as they would like. And a large reason is because they feel disconnected from the other people when it comes to these kinds of topics, especially post 3.11. How many of us either lost friends or stopped hanging out with people or they stopped hanging out with us because we didn't believe the lockdowns were legitimate or because we didn't believe the Jibby Jabs were going to save the world or because we didn't agree with mandates? A lot of people, folks. A lot of people. Not just me, not just Correlator, many of you as well. And it's a great shame because those relationships, okay, they weren't, they might not have been strong relationships as evidenced by how quickly they fell apart, but they could have still been worthwhile and uh, beneficial for someone's life just to have those people around. Even something as simple as just getting a beer after work on a Thursday. Every Thursday, head down to the local because they've got two for one beers happy or whatever the case is, right? Every Thursday, we just go there, have a chat, catch up, talk some shit. And now they're gone because there was some disagreement about what, what do you, what do you mean? Do you, do you just want to let it rip? No, I don't want to let anything rip. I'm saying I just don't believe in the lockdowns. Yeah, so you just want to let it rip and just kill millions of people. Where'd you get this millions of people idea from? Well, well think about it. Billions of people get infected. Of course, bro, you're just telling me stuff you heard on TV. That's not real. Oh, maybe conspiracy. Oh, you see now that this could have been a wholesome, uh, albeit somewhat trivial relationship. Now it's over. Just like that. Really, it's a great shame. Okay, so Pichu64 says, Isn't it now dangerous to speak public people about conspiracy theories in Australia? Didn't someone in the police recently call out to friends or neighbours to report anyone talking about that stuff? I make my stance of not taking a vaccine very clear to anyone interested, but I go out of my way to speak to people about other topics. Most people aren't interested in these deeper conversations, but I have a couple of people that I talk to regularly about all sorts not just conspiracies, but spirituality, religion, lost history, and so on. Besides that, not really. So what Pichu was basically saying is that he or she has a couple of people who they can speak about this stuff, but outside of that, generally avoids the, the topic. And so what you can see is there's a pattern among a lot of the people whose comments were top voted from this thread. There were 70 comments total. A lot of the ones that made it to the top of the thread were people basically saying, I'm careful who I talk to, which seems to me like common sense. It seems like common sense to me now. But I did have to learn the hard way, didn't I? Back earlier on, I had to learn the hard way. And every now and then, I still get a little refresher course, don't I? Yes, indeed. All right, so Chino780 writes, I always bring up how the WEF, the WEF, is pushing people to eat bugs and live in smart cities and how everything is about controlling us and it mostly gets weird looks or in no way. So Chino780 was saying that the main thing they talk up with the normies is the World Economic Forum, the WEF, and their eat bugs, live in smart cities agenda. And the average person, when you bring this stuff up, it's just giving this dude weird looks or in no way. Yeah, I totally believe you. The average person has, they've never heard of it, they've forgotten about it. The WF means nothing to these people. All of these agendas means nothing to these people. Yeah. What was it called? Event 201, the tabletop exercise, the, the simulation of the pandemic, just before the so-called pandemic. They've either never heard about it or don't care about it. And they'd be like, no way, that's not true. You know? In their reality, it's not possible. You can show the tool. You can say, listen, I'll Google it right now. You can show it to them. They'll be like, ah. Oh. They'll forget about it by tomorrow. 
you might think I'm exaggerating, but I'm not. A lot of people still believe, a lot of people are still projecting their own internal mechanisms, their own internal thinkings, the way that their brain works, their mind works, onto the masses around them because they haven't quite realized or accepted the NPC theory. But we can't talk about that right now. So a lot of people still think, oh, if I show someone something, they're going to learn that. That'll be useful to them going forward. This is not the case. So I think that'll just about do us for now. We're two hours, 15 minutes into the show. Where's my mate, Lord Rollo? Has he messaged me on Discord? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to call him right now. I don't plan to do this too often going forward, folks. But Lord Rollo is an old friend of mine, an old online friend, an old frenemy, actually. Because sometimes he can get a bit of a smart mouth, can't he? But that tends to be the way that drunks are. But he's been there at Fakeologist for a long time. And if it wasn't for him, I might not have found Fakeologist when I did. Which means I might... I mean, you'd have to go all the way back to the timeline. We don't have time right now. But Lord Rollo did help in a very significant way back in the day when I was early on the path. So let's give him a little call on Discord and see if he answers. I'm starting the call right now. But if he's drunk, I'm hanging up. Not because I'm here to, dr- to judge drunk people. But we've just got a certain... Um, Standard of production we must keep to. So he's answered the call, but he's on mute. Rollo, we're live on the air. This is the Conspiracy Nopal Review number two. January 31, 2023. Can you hear us? Yeah, how are you? Oh, I'm very well. Let me just uh, adjust your audio levels there. Audience, let me know if you can hear Rollo. You should be about the same volume as me. So, Rollo, how are things down there in Newcastle, Australia? Can you hear us, Rollo? Man, Richard Nixon can call the moon from the White House back in 1969. I can't even call Rollo on Discord in 2023. What's going on here? Rollo, can you hear us? You see, Rollo knows that I have a certain standard I like to keep to with my broadcast. He might be playing funny buggers. He might be trolling me. Are you trolling me, Rollo, perchance? We'll give him one more chance. What do you reckon? We'll give him one more chance? What if I call him back? I'm not going to bother with Skype. I haven't spoken to Rollo for a long time. When was the last time? Actually, no, I wasn't a... I might have called him briefly, maybe six or eight weeks ago. Very briefly. He was in a group chat. I might have partaken in that. But apart from that, haven't spoken for a long time. He used to say he wanted to come and see me. He wanted to come and hang out with JLB. We were both in Bangkok back in 2019. You know what this guy did instead? Well, I can't tell you because it's... Uh, could get you in trouble. But he wasn't hanging out with JLB, I'll tell you that. Rollo, can you hear us? 2212. 2212. That's the way, Rollo. So you're coming to us from beautiful Newcastle, Australia. How's the weather down there at this time of the, time of the year? I can tell you guys, I know the answer to that question. The, love is, the weather is lovely on the uh, New South Wales east coast at this time of year. It's summertime down there. And I've heard that it's been a rather mild summer as well. That's the global warming for you. Rollo, can you hear us? I don't think... No, he's back on mute. Well, it's unfortunate that that was a disaster of an experiment. So we won't do that again. At least not for tonight. But going forward, folks, if you want to join me on these calls, I plan to start broadcasting them from the Conspiracy No Poll Discord. Now, if you don't know where that is, just go to Conspiracy No Poll subreddit. That is Conspiracy N-O-P-O-L. And there is a thread. Hold on, let me just click off here. There we go. There is a thread that has a link to our Discord there. There's a couple hundred people on that Discord. It's fr- completely free. And my plan is to start broadcasting through that Discord soon. So you can come and join us live 
I won't even have to call you the way that I called Rollo just then. You can just jump into the room and partake that way. That is the plan. Don't know if we'll implement that in the third week or the fourth week, but just bit by bit, we'll slowly bring this show up to speed and up to what I hope it'll be, uh, you know, by the by the end of the, let's just say the, the second month. By the end of the second month, it should have its own website, its own MP3 account somewhere, its own YouTube channel, hopefully. And it'll have a, a set format that we're all used to and uh, a set playtime and a regular audience. It usually takes a few weeks to get these things up to up to speed. But uh, bit by bit, guys, that is the plan. So I want to say a big thanks. I've got one more clip I want to play for you all. One more clip on the way out. Before we get to that, let me say a big thanks to all the people who are at Conspiracy No Poll, leaving their comments, posting their questions, taking part of the conversation, especially the ones who post in this particular thread. Links to this thread in the show notes below. If you haven't checked out Conspiracy No Poll, I do recommend you go and check it out. And you can start your own threads. You can ask your own questions. There's a very smart group of people at that particular subreddit. There is some overlap with the johnthebond.com audience, but not as large as you might think. I've tried to encourage more of the JLB audience to go and post on that uh, subreddit, but some people just refuse to use Reddit. Fair enough. And I've also posted promotions of my own videos onto that subreddit and my own website on that subreddit to try and encourage more of them to go to johnthebond.com, and some of them have, but a lot of them have no interest. So there is some overlap, but they are actually distinct groups of people in their own rights. So even if you are not the biggest fan of John the Bond, but you do like alternative conspiracy truth conversations, you're going to find a lot of people there who are fun to discuss things with or interesting, insightful information you might have seen before, questions you might have asked before. So I recommend you go and check that out. Also, a big thanks to all the people in the live stream chat. We had about 50 people for most of the call. I want to say thanks to all of you for that. I hope you guys in the live stream chat are all giving Rollo shit for uh, that little disturbance there, Rollo. What's going on there, mate? What the hell are you doing there? Let's see... And as Ace says that Rollo rolled over, well, the thing is, brother, it's about 20 past nine in the morning over there. So I suspect, and again, this is not me casting aspersions on anybody or judging anybody as alcoholism. Lord knows that I have no place to judge anybody. But I suspect at this time of day, Rollo's still up from last night and he might be a couple of bottles in. Or he's just waking up, getting ready to head down to the old bottle shop to grab himself some vodka and Red Bull. He leads quite a lifestyle, I must say. Influence Freedom says, Hey, JLB, you are going to stream from SL. From SL. What does SL stand for? Stream from SL. I don't know what that stands for. Uh, Tinkle Tink says, The Reddit looks interesting. It certainly is. Jaw says, Makes me laugh how Reddit uses an icon of Saturn. Torg says about Rollo that he just rolled off. There's heaps of comments here, guys. I can't read them all, but... What we did look at today, we looked at a whole bunch of things. Okay, I looked at this. Let me just zoom out now. We looked at this idea that a lot of the normals, the normal people, they're not ready for certain ideas and you're not going to get very far talking about those ideas with them. I want your comments if you see this on delay in the live stream, uh, in the comment section below rather. If you see this post on johnthebond.com, please leave your comments there. If you see this on Conspiracy uh, No Poll Reddit, leave your comments there. Or just send me an email. I just want people's thoughts on this because I know what I do. I know what works for me. I know what doesn't work for me. And I know that I've still got a long way to go until I've really mastered the art of talking with people and communicating. It's, a, it's an ongoing practice of knowing who to speak to, when, how, what have you. But I like to think I've come a long way. And I'd love to hear other people's reflections on that. We looked at one thing I did share with the normal people about nine days ago. And that was with Novak Djokovic, the one three in the background. I kind of suggested earlier on in this call that I've got a theory about all of that. We don't have time to get into that right now. 
But if you subscribe to the free Jubby mailing list, before long I will send something out which will be dedicated to this one month free idea. I've put a lot of content on johnthebond.com for that. I can share some of that for free with the mailing list. So make sure you're on the mailing list. And if you are a member of johnthebond.com, just type one month three into the search and there's quite a few, whether it's articles, podcasts, videos, concerned with the one month three sync. There's something going on. And what I think it, this is, I know this is a very crazy idea, folks. I think you could interpret some of these so-called coincidences as evidence that whoever or whatever created this place either wanted or was willing for some people to realize that what the rest of the people believe is not true and that there's actually something else going on. Something that once you see it, you can't unsee it. I know it's a little bit vague. I wish I could be more direct right now, but we don't have time. So there's been January 31. So that is a 3-1-1, kind of. I'm trying to say January 31, 31 January. Yeah, I'm trying to say. Interesting. And this has been the No Poll Review number two. I'm John Bond coming to you from beautiful Plovdiv, Bulgaria. We were very briefly joined by Rollo from Newcastle. Don't think we'll try that experiment again next week, but you never know. We'll see what happens. We've had a lot of people in the live stream chat comments. I appreciate you guys all being there. We'll do this again, 4 p.m. US East Coast time next week. That is 11 p.m. local time here in beautiful Plovdiv, Bulgaria. And it is 8 a.m. in the morning in the East Coast of Australia. If you don't catch this live... The video is available on delay, unless YouTube takes uh, takes it down. Then I will upload it the next day as an MP3, so you can use it as an MP3. This will be very accessible, and I would like to see this show growing to become something that people look forward to every week. And it's all made possible by the fact that we have people leaving comments for me to read out. So thanks everyone once again for that. And we'll go out with a little clip. It's a clip that I played earlier on, actually. I find it rather funny. Let's see what Novak did to get kicked out of the US Open. I'm going to play this over and over again. Thank you, everybody. Have a great time. And uh, if you're on the JLB Discord... I might be in my Discord for another half hour. So if you want to come and chat off the record, come and join me. But otherwise, that's it for today. Conspiracy No Poll Review number two. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. And this is Novak Djokovic being a very naughty boy. He was undefeated. Now he's out. The number one t- The line judge in the throat. Adrian Bankert has the latest. Game, Karenio Gustav. <laughs> Right in the he was undefeated. Now he's out. The number one tennis player in the world ousted from the U.S. Open. Let's say that again. Game, Karenio Gustav. <laughs> yep, guys. He was undefeated. Now he's out. The number one, one, one three miles in the background. Judge in the throat. Adrian Bankert has he's angry. They lost the game, so he says, "Take this ball." Game, Karenio Gustav. <laughs> uh oh. He was undefeated. Now he's that, out. The number one.